What's up, everybody? This is Carrick with ACG. What follows is a detailed interview with Joshua Davidson and Brandon Moeller from Gearbox. We talk about audio, everything that is included in the creation of audio for video games. You guys know this is a huge deal to me, so I implore that you sit down and just watch a little bit of it. We get to talk about games. We go off the beaten path a little bit, but back onto it and just talk about their experiences, what they use, the tools that they use, and their general love for video games and audio and video games, which I think is incredibly important. Important enough that this is going onto YouTube as well as Spotify and all of the other places where the audio part of the podcast will go. But I wanted to put this on YouTube to give them a shout out. I've known Joshua for ages and he's always been one of the people who really does champion the coverage of video games audio, whether it be music, whether it be sound effects, whether it be environmentals and be able to meet him, sit down, talk about this as well as Brandon has been an absolute pleasure of mine. So again, what follows is a detailed discussion about video game audio. What's up everybody? This is Carrick with ACG and I'm here with Johnny, the notorious big J. Thank you for showing up, Johnny. I appreciate it. As well as Joshua Davidson and Brandon Moeller for a podcast about music sound uh maybe some maybe some discussion about their work on borderlands and wonderlands those kind of things we're gonna just sit back we're gonna talk about games we are gonna talk about current events as well um you know shout out to uh batman's voice actor who passed away today did you guys see oh, that yeah yeah, yeah. and was... you know who else passed away today gallagher are you kidding me yeah gallagher i just saw that right before the podcast dude 2022 is a bitch it won't let up it won't let i mean the amount of awesome <laughs> people who've died in 2022 has like shocked me johnny went uh blurry completely blurry, blurry just table. to show respect <laughs> he, johnny's like dude we're, we should all go blurry just for just for respect but these guys are awesome i've had right. josh on already once or twice as well as it was brian i think we had brian brian, brian was with me last time yeah yeah ghostbusters brian and the, yeah, but yeah, border, it was the before times. Yeah, yeah it was the before times. Time. And uh, and and we got to talk about uh, game audio, which is something big to me. Also, we've had some awesome, awesome titles here with incredible audio here recently. And it's always cool to get everybody together, talk about how they do their stuff and they do their work. But before we start all that, I want to say thank you to our sponsors for this podcast. And that silence is for no sponsors. We never do sponsors. You guys who are doing the patron, you are technically the sponsors for the podcast. So imagine some really cool ad read right there of whatever you want. Hemorrhoid cream. Imagine yeah. a really good hemorrhoid cream be a tough ad one. read. Is that, that, yeah. Not for me. Not for me. I've got a hemorrhoid. I've got a fake ad for hemorrhoid cream, Johnny. Did we ever? I don't think we recorded it because I think I needed you guys to help me. Uh, anybody, I feel like you need to call out at least a good one if you're going to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. You don't want to sell a bad hemorrhoid cream, right? By the time <laughs> yeah. you're looking for it, you want something good. Um, so first of all, let's talk about I, I do want to give uh, some people some idea of how long you guys have been there. So, Josh, how long have you been in audio overall? And then how long have you been there working, um, you know, where you currently are? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Um, I started at Volition Incorporated in 2007, uh, and I worked there for two years on Saints Row 2 and Red, Red Faction Guerrilla. And uh, in 2009, I moved to Gearbox and started working on Borderlands 1, basically the but I, I came in at the tail end of development, like mm -hmm. two or three months before it came out and started immediately working on DLCs after that. And then uh, I've been at Gearbox for 13 years now and 15 years in the industry altogether. 
13 years and 15 years. Dude, you have to be one of the longer term like employees at a company. It it feels like people move around more than that. Is audio Yeah, people do. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well yeah, people do move around a lot. I it's been a, people have been moving around a lot more since the pandemic with the mm -hmm. remote environment. Right. Because usually, you know, in the before times you would have to move like from across state lines and everything. So it was a much bigger decision. And now with all the consolidation happening in the industry and with all the remote work uh, incentives and everything like that, uh, there's a lot more competition for, you know, uh, developers trying to snipe, not snipe employees, but like, you know, attract employees. Yeah, right. Um, so um, there's there's been a lot of people moving around since the pandemic. Yeah. And for, I think it's for the better, for sure. Yeah. Mix it up a little bit. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, so Gearbox is actually the first uh, AAA studio I've ever worked at. Um, I, I got hired a few years back during the pandemic. Um, pre previous to that, I was working at a uh, a AA developer known as Frostkeep Studios, um, which unfortunately shut down. But um, previous to that, um, I just went. I went to film school actually, and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> learned um, audio engineering and uh, foley work, and um, was doing electronic music on the side. Um, so I kind of got into sound design that way. And then one day I, I was taking courses at a, a studio in uh, Richmond where I went to school and, um, my professor, the, the engineer there was, um, talking about how they did, uh, some of the vocal work for Bethesda and Ubisoft. And he was like, you should try game audio. And I was like, really, that's, that's so interesting. And, uh, yeah, so I just kind of, um, taught myself audio, like why is like our middleware, um, uh, unreal, um how to do sound design over the course of a number of years and yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm here now so yeah you guys uh, you know sometimes you'll hear stories like johnny or whatever where you like games so then you become a youtuber or whatever and it sort of works out but it's i i find like musicians whenever i talk to them or any sound designers uh for video games austin wintry is the same way whenever i talk to them they get in in some odd ways like Somebody bumps into him, Elijah Chuck, who did Dead Rising 4, but he's he's more of a, well, Horizon Forbidden West is his big one now, but I met him from Dead Rising 4, and he hadn't done other games. He had done Canadian TV shows. Like, it was all Canadian TV shows, and I was like, well, that's a odd. How the hell do you, like, how does that even happen? And I'm pretty sure one of the development teams was in Canada for Dead Rising, which is how it happened. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's just like everybody everybody filtering in. It's very cool. So how long have you been doing it, Brandon? What what year did you, like, officially start? 2020? 2020, yeah. 2020, so right around so two years. Yeah, right around uh, the time when uh, everyone had kind of figured out, like, how the, the, the pandemic was being around for a while and companies kind of had to... Uh, pivot out of panic mode and back into yeah uh yeah like oh we can kind of we we have to pivot to like work from home or whatever but um yeah i got hired around that time when they were deciding to uh hire folks again and uh yeah 2020 ish well it's a good timing for the fully work thing because i want to ask you guys something so um i don't know if you guys have like a favorite sound in a video game i do you know, like I know some people talked about Final Fantasy menu sounds like when they go through the menu, mm -hmm. there's people who are like, that's like they're saccharine. They're like, oh, but I got to tell you, I think the best sound I've heard in 2022, and this is not a joke, is uh, the sarcophagus slash coffin scraping sound of Kratos moving uh, at the top of a coffin aside or or a chest aside to get his one 
little pouch. By the way, yeah. worst RNG <laughs> ever. You never would want that guy in your D&D team. Because he's got the worst <laughs> RNG. Opens up a giant thing, he thousands of jewels, one, rolls a one, one every time. Every time. <laughs> he pulls out a horn. And you're like, dude, that's the 40th fucking horn you've got. Like, at mm -hmm. some point, let somebody else open it. But the sound work in that, the grit, you can hear stuff hitting like the mic or hit, you know, they've obviously put something down. You can hear like the grit at the very end. Can you guys walk me through? Like if, if I was working with you guys and I was like, I want to make this thing sound like an ancient Egyptian tomb cracking open. How many different levels and layers are there to one sound? Let's let's just say it's a five second sound. Guy putting his hands on it, scraping it, and then the stop and whatever that trailing sound is. Like, I think here I've picked up, like I said, sand or almost like salt on linoleum. If you've ever done that in a quiet room, you can still hear it if you have good ears. How would you guys put that together? And when you are putting it together, um, I'm always surprised with fully work because they'll use stuff that you don't expect. Like, you know, you always hear the stories about watermelons for heads smashed in or whatever those may be. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. either one of you guys can go. I just, what would you do? Like, or what do you pick out when you hear those? Is there anything special about that kind, making that kind of sound sample? Yeah, Foley is one of those things that, you know, like the more that, uh, the more the like industry of game audio develops, the more um, compartmentalized the special specialties become, mm -hmm. essentially. So Foley is one of those things where um, it's it's very adjacent to sound design, but it's it's not sound design exactly. Like uh, so, something like that would be like you would have usually you would have a room full of props, and you would just go around the room and find something that would work. Um, big Foley studios typically are just like. <laughs> they're a bit like like big playgrounds you know, for adults like, yeah it's like a like a hoarding of everything that you could possibly hoard like and and you just go and we have our we have a live room at uh up here in frisco texas where we have a bunch of props in it and and we would typically go if we're if we're designing for something very very literal that's pretty much fully that's like your hand you know moving across the the concrete Mm -hmm. that's you know that's footsteps that's cloth that's jingling that you know um that's foley it's like very very literal and typically foley is not extremely layered um because oh, okay gotcha. it's, it's, it's very literal but okay some full some some foley is going to be because like the movement of kratos isn't going to be just one layer it's going to be some jingling it's going to be mm -hmm. cloth it's going to be his footsteps so it's multiple layers that have been um recorded as, as a very literal performance but sound design like would be you know his axe throwing it's the monsters and and things like that the, the very heavily creatively designed things that do require tons of layers and you know that that does include live recordings and stuff but with like the the opening the sarcophagus thing i would say that like that's like a mixture of like live recording and designing because if you go really literal with like something like that, say the sarcophagus is like a is like a loot box almost, or like something that would yeah. contain treasure, you want to pump it up with a mixture of live recordings and heavy processing to kind of make it feel more rewarding to the player. Right. You know, something that's ear like candy. It rips, so yeah, it's ear candy. It rips it open. You hear the cra cracks and crunch, like crunches of it. You know, there might be wood breaking. You know, or twigs breaking. There might be concrete elements and things like that um mm -hmm. so that's a mixture of like things that you record it's it's not just like one thing it's like mm -hmm. oh you 
maybe one day we recorded this one concrete scrape and it'll work there. And then maybe, oh, we got some twigs, you know, some twigs breaking or something in our library. I'll add that layer into it, you know, and, and, you know, if you record it at a really high sample rate, you have the opportunity to pitch things down with, without losing clarity. So it makes it sound bigger. So you can, you can go that way, but yeah. Anything By the way, that, I that, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. John. So real quick, because you mentioned the, you know, kind of the ear candy aspect. And if you, when you talk about what's the most satisfying loot opening experience, it's always been borderlands for me. I always go back to, you know, opening that toilet that just the flashy <laughs> sound. I don't know who yeah. did that, but it's excellent, right? And then like all the different types that have their own like contraptions that open up and different things. Like the sound of it is so tuned to be like what would you say? What what's the um what's the term when when you get that chemical uh, the dopamine, dopamine the dopamine yeah, yeah the boost right so you're like whoa loot and the way it also explodes visually so i i thought that always worked super well yeah do you have anything to add to that brandon yeah we really try to lean into that sort of thing when we were designing um for instance in uh tiny tina's wonderlands um we did a, uh when i was designing um i designed the um main like treasure chesty looking um loot crate that you'll find like ammo and occasionally health in right. um and i spent like god i don't know how many hours i spent on like trying to make sure that that like had like all the ear candy and whatnot that just felt like satisfying every time so it is like a bunch of um uh, a bunch of fully recording but then you have to um kind of layer it together and process it really interesting in really interesting ways um possibly using effects and whatnot to get that uh dopamine hit um, but obviously with something that's like smaller, like that sort of crate, you don't want to, you don't want it to feel as rewarding as say like a gigantic chest where you get like, right. I don't know, a purple or a legendary. So finding that balance is usually the more difficult part. Hmm. Um, yeah. And there's often, uh, there's often like, uh, a rhythmic cadence to it. That's almost somewhat musical in some ways that you, you know, if you have like, if it's, if there's dynamics where it kind of like swells up and down a little bit, like yeah. you hear that. You know, if you get that kind of yeah. effect, it's just it's sort of musical in a way, even though it's not music, you know. Yeah, um, it, it, it's funny because you were you mentioned sound samples. And one of the things that's bummed me out big time was Valhalla. Uh, I don't know if you guys have tracked all the problems that they had with the Valhalla uh, issue, but. Um, I actually, uh, I, I kind of defended them on a Reddit thread one time a little bit because uh, it's, I mean, it's, there's a lot of technical jargon, but like they, there's just so many sounds they had to downsample so many things to fit into memory. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. That, and that is the thing is the, the memory. Um, there've been people who did a really good job breaking out, uh, you know, the size of it, if they had recorded it at you know proper rates and all that and then obviously we know with odyssey and origins it had the same issue it's just it wasn't every single sound or it wasn't like as many and yeah it i know that a lot of people don't care about sound because I, I i still have friends who are like yeah playing on a mono tv speaker or whatever and i'm like dude just <laughs> yeah never talk to me again i'm i'm playing on like neura headphones or you know some mm -hmm like super expensive headphones and they're they're playing on their their mono or they got the audio down they're listening to me on a podcast so i can't bitch too much but i'm still like come on man um <laughs> yeah 
But you do get these times where, especially when it comes to audio now, I, I'm really happy to see audio taking a step forward. And it seems it's one of the reasons why we've talked multiple times, Josh, but it, it's cool to see it taking a step forward. But at the same time, it's a little bit like pixel counters where it, it becomes this thing where I, I think opinion is very hard to put your foot down and, and it requires you to know what you're talking about and it requires you to understand that you might make mistakes, blah, blah, blah. Pixel counting came in for games and it's like a person who doesn't like a game can just say it runs at 29.5 frames per second, therefore it sucks. It's a little easier for a person to get away with that kind of stuff. And the same thing happens with audio. Valhalla still worked out. I still enjoy playing it. But it's got mm -hmm. enough issues, and those issues have been classified, you know, categorized, mm -hmm. easily referenced, yeah. so that as we move forward and people are more knowledgeable, they can, like, point at it and be like, that's why I don't like Valhalla, versus maybe, you know, for me, I had other issues with Valhalla, but that was one of them, and, and it, but I could still enjoy it, you know? And that's the only yeah. thing I dislike, is the more the people who are, not necessarily that instant flashbang that people get in games, that looks awesome, first thing you see on every YouTube when a game looks good, that looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then once you start talking about sound, or voice even, and, uh, you know, I've dinged on some guys where I know they're recording voices at their desk, like on a wooden yeah. desk, because I can hear yeah. it, you know. You can hear the I, wood uh, resonance. Alakai's yeah. Gun is one of those titles where I'm like, dude, I could tell you, I set up cubicles for 10 years. I was an office manager. I can tell you what cubicle they chose, because I know the tonal sound of that cubicle. I, I know mm -hmm. the material. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> then it becomes all about that, right? And it's almost easier for people to ding on it, which, it, so it's this big positive where people like you guys can get, you know, people start talking about whys and start talking about, you know, all these different programs, people start knowing it's easier to maybe even understand the business to where to get in, which is awesome. But then at the same time, if there is an issue, boy, you hear about it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like it's, it's rough, man. It's rough. I wouldn't want to be you guys, I wouldn't, and not just you guys. I mean, just developers. I've talked about it before. I'm like, damn son, yeah. <laughs> if there's, you know, you get lumped in president of a company makes a bad decision. Suddenly, the line, you know, some poor dude working on the texture for an arrowhead, you know, yeah. is getting emails <laughs> and you're like, seriously, is that yeah. who we want to, you know, is that who we want to complain to when it comes to, um, positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement and stuff like that? How I've always wondered, you guys hear it inside the company, like you hear it from gamers. And this popped up a couple weeks ago when I was talking to another audio guy and I was like, well, I like the sound of this gun. Uh, it was an AK 47. Obviously, they had rattles going. You know, AK-47 always sounds like it's just one step away from exploding in your hands. Like, that's the best kind of AK-47 because that's what they're made of. And you yeah. hear all these rattles and you hear that looseness. And then I was like, wait a minute. When you're making this inside, do you does anybody tell you that? And I, he didn't really he didn't really have a great answer for that. He he or his answer would be he didn't hear a lot of that. It would usually be like, OK, these sound good. Do you guys ever have like a time? Are you guys sitting at each other's desk and like desk commanding and somebody's like, dude, that sounds awesome. Like I've, I've, I've never asked you that. How do you guys get feedback for good audio design on something, whether, whatever it may be? Um, that's actually changed a good bit over time throughout okay. the, you know, uh, I mean, in the before times we would be at the facility and now pretty much we're pretty much fully remote but we still have the wow facility there. i was not aware of the fully remote part okay gotcha yeah yeah um so we've had to shift that a little bit mm -hmm. um um and now we have more people as well we've hired a number of new audio uh, staff 
since 2020 mm-hmm. quite a bit. We've more than doubled the size of the department easily. Um, but now it's a lot of it, you know, for better and for worse occurs in Teams chats. Okay. And um, we, sh- we, which is good. We can, we can just post up a file of something we're working on and get feedback. Um, but it's, the, you do lose something. You do lose the, like you said, the standing over yeah. shoulder kind of moment. Camaraderie um, almost. The com- that kind of camaraderie. You have to kind of like, we've been slowly trying to figure out how to like get better at that. I think we're getting better every day. Um, but now also we have a lot more staff. You know, it, it used to be a lot easier because there were like two or three sound designers. You right. Know, or, or, right. And that was it. And, um, but now it's like, okay, well, we need to figure out how to, make sure we increase visibility in a healthy way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just reinforcing the culture. You need to make sure that people feel psychologically safe to share their work, you know, because it's uh, sharing your work is hard. It never gets easy, easier, you know, like um, I've been making music since I was a teenager as well. And um, every time I put out a new song or something like that, I'm just ready for the world to eat me alive. Usually the world is just indifferent. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, a, it's, you just have to, you know, understand how to give good, critical, constructive feedback. And, you know, and also as an artist or, you know, as a person making assets for games, you know, you just have to, uh, a sign of a very good, mature, creative artist is someone who doesn't really take it per- personally. Yeah. And I, I, everyone on our team is like that. You know, I don't really see anybody ever taking anything personally, but you also have to be good at giving feedback. Yeah. You, you know. Yeah, you can't be like this sucks. That's not feedback. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It it isn't feedback. Uh, do you have anything, Brandon, for that to add to that? Um, yeah. Uh, we've just been like like you said, we were do we do stuff in Teams chats. Um, occasionally, what we'll do is um, when we have like syncs with, say, we're doing like a group of enemies, for instance. Um, we'll have um feedback from say the uh, concept artists or the enemy designers, right, or the 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 visual effects people or the game or the uh, gameplay designers um they'll generally tell tell us um if something will or won't work or like if if, if this particular sound isn't exactly feeling right um or if um, you, um there are other systems that this might interact with this particular set of sounds mm-hmm. might interact with and might get too busy etc um and you can make modifications based on that but um generally for um in terms of more detailed feedback it's generally kept within the audio team and yes as josh pointed out we've had like a really positive um group of people here that tends to take and give um uh, rather detailed and um yeah just just positive uh critique when um whenever people are looking for feedback generally gotcha yeah johnny do you have anything Um, i have i have a question here that's kind of mysterious to me because when you play a video game right the sound is perfectly in sync with what's on screen not always perfect <laughs> not always and and when it isn't it's super noticeable yeah, right? right yeah so yeah. that makes me think there's a whole shebang but behind the scenes that goes on to make that work and so for you guys when you're saying you know something's going to happen on screen for example opening a chest like we were talking about so kratos is going there he's opening a chest he has some kind of cadence with which he does it right and like sounds will pop up in a specific way so when you're tasked with creating the sounds for that do you already have access to the final you know animation and how it Mm -hmm. looks and stuff yeah and 
how do you, from a practical standpoint, try to replicate that with the props? You know, that seems like a very finicky thing. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, since we use Unreal, um, it's not as hard. It's not that hard. Act well, it's not hard to sync things. You know, it's um, it's hard to make things sound good, but it's not hard to really sync things on a timeline. Like, um, so like, um, it's sort of like the the most way, uh, the most similar to doing like movie post production that we we kind of have and making game assets. But if you like have, for example, um, a loot chest opening, like. If it's a really small, if it's if it's like the toilet, <laughs> it's usually <laughs> just going to be one sound, and that one sound usually has like four variations or something like that. So every time you open it, it's a little bit different. But, um, <laughs> but like a um, but like a a bigger loot chest, you may want to create a couple of sounds for it. Um, so you may want to do like the start of the chest, create the sound of whenever the player activates it. Then you put that sound on the very beginning of the animation timeline. And it'll always reliably trigger right there. But sometimes, sometimes frame rates can dip, and and to mitigate for that, you create multiple sounds and just put them on the timeline. So, like, just in case the frame rate dips, like you you have like a fail safe there that can play another sound. Okay, okay, this is the part where it actually opens. Okay, this is the part where the tray comes out, and mm -hmm. you know, and and then this is the part where we just and then at the very end, I'll make a final thing, thing you know. So. Um, yeah, th that stuff is, like I said, syncing isn't hard, but making the sound is kind of hard. It's interesting about all the remote stuff because that sort of changed some of my ideas about how everything's working. Um, I, I'm a big fan of like in-office stuff. I always have been like, I mean, even though I work remote as a YouTuber, I don't necessarily love it. I'm definitely more of like, I like the water cooler moments and you know, where people yeah. are like high-fiving each other over something good. And then somebody's like, do you see game of Thrones? And then pretty soon everybody's talking about that. And then you're like, what about the game? And then everybody, you know, <laughs> and, and you get this awesome synergy. That's so difficult remote. For example, we do dungeon and dragons, uh, remotely. And it's terrible compared to in, yeah. in, in person and terrible in my view. Everybody else's view, it's fine. But I'm like a stickler for that. I'm like, no, man, we, yeah. we got the warmth of another human next to you. The sound yeah. of Doritos from their bag. Those are things that will <laughs> yeah. stick with me forever. Right. Um, so the remote part. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm assuming for companies like yourselves, when you when you start to look at remote, there's also some huge benefits, obviously, too, because. You can also get the negatives of, uh, you know, people coming to your desk, bothering you all the time. You know, that's something yeah. that I would have as my job where you would get 80% less work done on a busy day for everybody else than maybe yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a dead day for you, but everybody else is bothering you. And you're like, dude, I got 10% of my stuff done because everybody's moving around. Going remote, doing all that kind of stuff. Do, would you guys say personally, are you guys more of a fan of the idea of working? Do you like remote? Ignoring that, you know, you can work in your in your underwear if you wanted. We we don't need to talk about that. But do you, are you guys fans of remote, or are you fans of of in a group? And maybe that's just your age, because of course that would change depending on your age. I'll be curious, Brandon. What do you think? Um, I I enjoy working remote. I feel like I get a lot of um a. a I'm a lot more productive when I can kind of just focus in, but then you do miss that um, aspect of um, let's say you're doing, for instance, I'll just take an example from uh, Wonderlands when we, when we were bug fixing near the end of uh, the pro project and uh, doing memory optimization and whatnot, you do miss um, that ability to like 
pull some over to your desk and be like, Hey, can you like uh, take a look at this for me? Uh, maybe you're seeing a bug somewhere that I'm not. Right. Um, it's also more difficult um, to work, to work remote, especially when you're doing things like uh Foley and whatnot, um, because you have to have, not everybody has. Um, yeah. A, I know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Not everybody has that um, Foley studio or right. an Atmos mix room in their studio. So to some degree you do have to um, go into office, but um yeah, I, I guess it really depends on what particular kind of work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and how you, how you individually work because everybody works differently. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Yeah, we we hired uh, Brandon whenever we were shifting uh, to full time remote. But at the time we hired Brandon, we didn't realize that it was going to stay that way. Um, right. And so he moved down here and everything, and like, and within a year. Like it seemed pretty much the writing was on the wall that oh, we, gotcha. we weren't gonna. Thanks for the move, move but we don't need you in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It be- it became kind of like, well, if we make people move here now, we're people are gonna, you know, we're gonna be less competitive when it comes to hiring. Yeah, because yeah. not every not everyone wants to move to Texas. Surprise, um, but yeah, um, but yeah, as far as like for for me, it, it definitely there is a certain loss to being in the office because I was there doing it for like 12, 11 years or something right. like that. And, yeah. Um, I remember the first time I ever went to a video game studio at Volition, and when when I was twenty one, and and I remember just thinking like, I was just so in awe of like this building, you know, because I was always a creative person and everything like that, and. But I, I could go to this place and there's nothing but like my people there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, and, and and it's, it's all your own starship, people. man. It's it's a it's a bunch of creative people. Yeah. And I and there's this energy you feel where you're walking down the hallways just to grab a snack or go to the bathroom or something. And you you see like people like artists on their Cintiqs drawing a character or animators animating something or level designers building a level. And that is you you can't replace that at all in the remote right. because yeah. yeah and like you could feel uninspired and take a quick break go to yep. the restroom or something like yep. that and then all of a sudden you saw something cool on the way back that you know you saw someone you saw someone kicking ass and having a really good day they're they're obviously in the zone and it makes you want to go back and be in the zone and uh so that's missing but i don't like commuting <laughs> i don't miss <laughs> that you know i there's i have a lot more work-life balance now because of this and so it's you know it's it's trade-offs it's like you know you you get something but you something gets taken away in return so it's gonna be very interesting to see how in the future if we see if i'm not saying you could see a big difference between let's say a game made remotely and a game made by a group but a lot of the people i talk to are older you know so they well, younger too, but I guess when I started, most of them were still working within teams. And I remember hearing a story that was very cool where one of the artists didn't know what to do. They were stymied on something and they walked by somebody completely unrelated to them in anything they were doing and had a picture of the character up and they saw like a buckle on the character and it gave them 500 ideas. They were like, yeah. and they told me, and this is an award-winning game, by the way. And they told, they were like, if I had not done that, that idea would have never come to me in a million years. It would have never, mm-hmm. ever come to me. And I, I get the idea of remote and certainly work life. Um, I'm definitely more of a work-oriented than personal-oriented per- person. Like, um, 
I do my work and personal are sort of garbled together just because of the way it is. But I, I sometimes wonder what we'll see as the years go by. And if you will see almost not a clinicalness to everything being sectioned off, but if if you'll almost be able to see sometimes that that organic connection between all these things may not occur as much. And I just bring that up because talking to people who work on RPGs and stuff where somebody's like, dude, I walked by this guy and his only job was to write books in oblivion, let's say. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and by the way, hey, love those games. Some of the worst writing ever. So whoever that is, learn to write better. I'm just joking. I, I but I don't like. Are it, you but... talking about the books inside? <laughs> yeah, of there? the like, books inside. Did you read the books, dude, dude? I tried. They're terrible. Oh my god, I can't. I can't stand them. I can't stand Elden or uh, Elder Scrolls lore, like the stuff in their books. You know, when you open a book, I don't know why. Book within a book, right? Um, yeah. But all jokes aside, uh, um, there's something that's, about... that's different from journals, though. That's like, yeah, like that know, is like different. going to yeah. a place. Like, I actually kind of like reading journals. I like reading journals. I can deal with journals. The only thing I can't deal with is the dude who decided that right before he dies, he grabs a Zune MP3 player from a fucking (laughs) cabinet and records his death. I never want to hear that again in my life. audio logs, man. I'm dying, and instead of saving myself, I want to tell you that, Julia, (laughs) I I stole the forks. And you're like, the fuck are we doing? But but the long story short of it is all these guys got together, and and they were walking past each other, and everybody, and then somebody's uh, noticed in in one of the books that there was something that nobody had talked about. The person was just writing color, writing color, you know, that just for story, for flavor. And they put it in the game because the guy was like, holy crap, I never thought about that. And by putting that in, it connected like 50 other things in the game world. There was an organic feeling because there was a level. And to me, that level is what makes an amazing game. The level of where things aren't disconnected, where the flavor text is connected to some plant you see, which is connected to the sound of like a nin root in Elden Ring. The ones that give off Mm -hmm. that, you know, that that, Mm -hmm. uh, like people will remember forever because, but they're all connected. There's that seamless bit that organically goes through. And I think as a game director, I've talked to Victor Magnuson from Fat Shark, who's done Vermintide and all those games and and some others. And it seems like it'd be impossible if you weren't all in the same place to get that, to force that organic. Like you'd have to be like, okay, read his journal. See if you can figure this out versus everybody just sort of being in the same office. So it'll be interesting in five, 10 years to see how games feel. I'm sure some people are going back to in office. Um, you know, some people, uh, yeah, some people do go in still. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of people do thrive off of it, and certain departments do. Um, mm, it's up true. to the department true. if they want right. to. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think the industry as a whole, I, I think it's kind of like no take backsies. It's I think yeah, there's yeah. there's some there's some companies that are still requiring people to move. But mm. I think that I think that that's it's that's pretty a, rough in today's day and age, age, too. I mean, it's yeah. it, the costs yeah. are, are freakish depending on where you live, you know, and um, requiring somebody to move is tough. Yeah. And mm. all, yeah, exactly. And like also, you know, you know, like game developer salaries are, you know, yeah, pretty good. But like are they pretty good for Santa Monica, you know, or like, you know, um, well, Portland versus where I live in Eugene on the West coast, or there's a huge difference between what your apartment may cost. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like it makes, and, but you're still West coast. So, you know, you, you could get that issue where a company is like, no, we're paying enough. You're like, nah, 
not 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 for San Francisco. You're not. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you might be yeah. for Eugene, Oregon, but yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Johnny, you uh, you've done your remote ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. For that was before the pandemic for five or yeah, four or five years now. What are you doing? Software engineering. Okay. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, I do miss the water cooler moments, but what I did find is similar to Brandon, when you can kind of craft your day, mm -hmm. it really changes yeah. your productivity because you can really set up your environment and mm -hmm. your timings in a way that works for you. Everybody's yes. different, right? Yeah, it allows yeah, you to get in the really zone cool. a lot easier, for sure. That's really cool because at the office, uh, in a way, my sprints of productivity were in between like water cooler breaks and different things that happen at the office. So, you know, you go for a coffee, all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, the Game of Thrones books or something. And then like that's kind of broken your... Your flow gets uh, broken. Your, your flow gets broken and then, you know, mm -hmm. something happens at the desks and like it becomes a thing. So... There's some give and take. I do miss the personal element in it, but um, but I think the con, the sorry, the pros are a huge. Like not having to commute, yeah, being able to set it up on your end. I think I'm the only person in the world who likes commute. I'll just go. That. <laughs> Apparently, I, I, I miss jamming out in the car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I would. I mean, I always made sure I had a nice sound system in my car. It was always either you know twenty to twenty minutes to an hour, and by the time I got home, I could never remember why I was mad. You know, mm -hmm. if, if I'm mad that, at work man. and um, we're here, that 27 inch screen is piping stupid people's ideas to me 24 seven. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like you, you can't escape unless you really understand boundaries. And when right, I was working right. at my old job, I'd drive home and I would, I would be like, wait, what? Like what? Maybe that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought mm -hmm. it was when I was at work. Um, but again, positive is negatives for everything. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how the industry goes. Cause you have to, video games is obviously forward thinking compared to i mean that's all you're doing is tech so it only makes sense um that we're some of the first and and have been remotely anyway let's be honest a lot of people individual mm -hmm. programmers they're technically remote and they've made full games so <laughs> yeah obviously you can do it because we've seen full i mean what was it bright memory isn't that the one johnny made by the one guy isn't that the mm -hmm. uh martial oh, yeah. arts unreal so. cyberpunk yeah. looking game that was well they say one guy you never know that either right so there's always that <laughs> I remember when the Ascent came out and they were like, there's only, you know, somebody was saying there's only like 10 people working. And then the company themselves was like, that's not correct at all. There's 10 people. It's in a office. little bit like there's 150 Risk of Rain, people. <laughs> Risk of Rain 2. There are like three main devs, but then there's a huge QA Contractors. team from, from uh, what's well, Gearbox, isn't it? Uh, working with them. Do you uh, guys yeah, have production? Gearbox publishes uh, Risk of Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gotcha. thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, a huge amount of people from the QA side coming in from Gearbox to to help with the publishing and all that. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. um, I did want to ask you guys, let's break this down. Let's pick our favorite baby. What what's your favorite weapon in a game sound? Is there been a sound in a game? Has there been a game that you've been playing? And you're like, this gun sounds this is my favorite gun in a game. Favorite sword, favorite magic spell. Or oh, most man. memorable. One that you'll always remember. Uh, do you, are you thinking more recently? Or? It can be recent. It can be oh, even recent's fine because of course there's, there's been a number that I've actually really liked. Um, the remake for, um, destroy all humans has like mm. the anal probe. 
and it's got that <laughs> wet slurp and you're oh, in no. uh, it's, yeah it's wrong, oh wow dude. it's wrong Thanks for the description yeah the i'm not lying slurp. it's like <laughs> and the same thing with the head you can blow people's heads off and you get that wet you know and i love that sound and it's just one of those ones that you find yourself doing a move that is inopportune because you like the sound that's actually how i usually describe to friends if i know if a sound is good because i will do said move regardless if that's the best move at the time because it sounds cool or or an animation right. would be cool but um mm -hmm. has there yeah. been anything that's impressed you guys even recently it can just be impressive you know just something that you've liked the soundscape for what do you think brandon you go first. I, oh, I think boy. I need to mold this over. You know, I yeah, get asked yeah, this, this a lot, and question. I never have an answer. Is it because why. you're just, you know what's uh, going into it, and therefore well, you're just like. I'll say this, like, I, and I've, I've, I've said this a lot, but like, I've always really, really, really liked Overwatch Watch's sound design. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I really like their char character sound design, and um, I, I love the mix of that game and how cleverly they mixed it. Um, so it's it's the whole present it's the whole package really um but yeah i mean as far as like triple a games i'm trying to think of what what i've been playing triple a lately cuz i don't outside of overwatch i've been playing like more indie stuff i think i don't know why uh, i'm drawing a blank <laughs> yeah i was uh, actually josh i was going to say um tracer's guns they're so simple but they sound so satisfying and you can just fire them for hours and never get tired of hearing them they just feel really good to shoot yeah that's a good point because like we talk about um there's there's uh, throughout your career as a sound designer you'll learn this this very harsh lesson the thing that sounds cool isn't always sounding cool right. repetitively right. yeah 30 minutes um, later if it's slamming your drums it can get a little fatiguing right so like if you have a weapon weapons are a good example of this like it may not be as impactful to you the first, you know, 30 minutes you're using it, but after a little while you start appreciating the fact that, man, I've been playing this for hours and this still feels clean. Right. To me right. It's not bothering me to, you know, so, um, I did play a bit of Elden Ring and, uh, I, I enjoyed a good bit of that. Um, uh, just the world is the world design was my favorite really, but I, I put it down for a month and I couldn't get back to it. <laughs> it's hard to get back to it, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like, oh, you forgot your skill cap and all that. Like, yes, yeah, dude, it happens it's... with Assassin's Creed games. I'll play. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm like, I'm gonna do a walk in the walk for this. So I'm starting to study, like listening to Viking lore or shit. Like, I'm like, hey man, let's jump into Valhalla, level sixty, level three hundred, whatever. And you get I'll smoked. get smoked. Smoked. <laughs> yeah. Like my body's made of handles, just dribbled around the game world, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it's a chicken. Or some, you know, it's not even, if it was like uh, something amazing, I'd be like, all right, this is cool, but it's not. I got to bring up one sound design that I thought was fantastic. Um, so I'm doing a lot of testing for tech, for streaming. I'm doing some um, walking the walks on a couple games. And I randomly was streaming uh, Far Cry 5, which is a game that I have have a love-hate really. I, I hate so much about that game, and then I, I like a lot. One of the characters has sandals, though. And the idea that they got the flip-flops to perfectly flip-flop <laughs> is brutal. And so now I just run around with this character whose feet are flip-flopping perfectly, just going like, dude, that's the most satisfying goddamn sound I've ever heard. He's just running around. And, you, and if you've ever, we used to call them thongs when I was younger. Now thongs are underwear. But they used to be called thongs. <laughs> then they change the flip-flops, which is, by the way, a more proper term anyway. But you hear this flip-flop 
and you hear the foot and then the sound of the you can actually hear the toes bending the the rubber uh, the toe part because oh, wow. i've actually talked to one of the guys at ubisoft and i'm like dude i need to know i need to know the deets <laughs> how did this and then you hear that heel hit that flop then you hear the heel and the flop hit the mud and it's that and you're just like oh dude that's sweet. Some sucker actually ran on mud with flip. Oh, of course. Yeah. Or, or they at least figured out, you know, the three or four major parts. Yeah. And what's even better is you never really see that because you're not. Mm -hmm. It's like Herc. I think it's Herc. It's one of the characters. But you're not looking at his fucking feet unless you're a weirdo. You're blowing people up. So it's like yeah. you never really even see it. But the idea that somebody did that is so great. And again, it's why music, audio, uh, sound design is I think it's so important. I mean, I, I do. I love that people are getting more into it, but you, you hear something like that. And I know 99% of people will only pick up on it. Like if I mention it during a review, they might be like, oh yeah. crap, that is happening. They probably yeah. just get a satisfied feel. Like you guys said, almost yeah. where after 30 minutes, you're not bothered by something. That's pretty good. That's like going to a family reunion. You're not bothered by anybody. That's a good family reunion. Most of the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Most of the time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. let's be honest. Most of the time you're like, dude, you guys are believing in UFOs and shit. I'm out. And instead that's you go and if point. everybody's having a good time, you're like, hey, man, this was a good that's uh, I and I had this argument with Austin Wintery because I don't agree about I, UFOs. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was about if an if a soundtrack should elevate or be transparent. And I, I it wasn't necessarily an argument, but he definitely is a little bit more on the transparent side that you don't need to notice. And I'm like, nah, man, like when I have that boss moment. And I hear that. I mean, we talked about it in the last podcast, Johnny, where we were talking about the boss moments where the choir starts and they're like, oh, the choir. Oh, 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 <laughs> and you're like, yeah, we're doing it. And and sometimes you hear people saying that that doesn't matter as much. And then and then, you know, some people it, it matters a great deal. But I get I get that there's some differences there when it comes to soundtracks for you guys uh, moving into music. Has there been anything lately music wise um, whether it, and it can be in your games, too? Um, that's caught you that you've liked. Do you guys listen to soundtracks outside of uh, games, like official soundtracks? Are you guys buyers of those? Do you do you actually? I'm not. I'm not. Uh, mm, okay. At all. I'm not really a big consumer of any type of soundtrack. Uh, that's that's probably heresy <laughs> a little bit for <laughs> what I do. But I, uh, yeah, I guess there is that aspect of like transparency there that like, yeah, you know, it's it's meant to be a lot of a lot of it's a little droney these days mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, well, if I want to listen to ambient music, I'm going to listen to ambient music, yeah. you know, and I like music that's meant to be like the design to just listen to with a start, middle and end. Per personally, it's my preference, but I've always loved Jesper Kid, you know, yeah. as a composer. Yeah, right. Our new composer, our new composer, Josh Caro. He's a really awesome. Um, and uh, I've li I liked uh yeah, Jesper Kid's probably one of my favorites for sure. Um, he just he does a lot of the Assassin's Creed stuff, and um, I remember I felt like his music really elevated Assassin's Creed too. Just the the whole, he has this production style that nobody quite has, you know, and I really like it a lot. What about you, Brandon? I'm actually looking at my game music Spotify playlist right now. So yes, I I, I do listen to uh, game music. I'm a big fan of like um, I've always been a big fan of like Matt Quayle. I think he did a really good. Uh, I, I think his OST for uh, Mr. Robot's fantastic, and mm -hmm. what he did on The Last of Us Two is fantastic. Um, 
Josh mentioned Jesper Jesper Kid. I love his stuff. Um, huge fan of Michael McCann, who actually also worked on Borderlands Three, but has also yeah. done things for like Deus Ex. And I I really I really like his style in particular. Uh, Jack Wall is pretty cool too. Um, finishing move oh, that those guys are great. Too. Finishing move is amazing. Um, and um, one of my like childhood nostalgia favorites composers is probably Neil Ackrey of um world of warcraft fame yeah so yeah because i mean you mentioned him but also jack wall if i remember right he hasn't really done much for games for a while has he i'm pretty sure he did a call he did he did mass effect obviously i think he did a call of duty and then i was looking him up to do an interview and it, it was pretty empty when it came to hmm. game. i don't know what's gone on there if he's like stepped to the side and is doing movies I'm looking at him on uh, Spotify. It seems like he's done uh, a bunch of just a bunch of Call of Duties recently. Just yeah. To, uh, yeah, occasionally. I'm more of his Mass Effect. I gotta tell yeah. you guys, I'm I'm a huge main title fan. Like the main theme, like the the rocks my world. I listened to Mass Effect One's main theme for over over an hour before I played the game because I couldn't I couldn't stop listening to it. One that blows me away to this day, and I just revisited it due to DLC is is uh, Days uh, or sorry is uh, Dying Light Two. Dying Light 2's main theme is this discordant man. So Dying Light 2 is basically Robin Hood with zombies, Sherwood Forest, and tech all mixed together. And that's what they wanted. So, for example, in Dying Light 2, when you're on the roofs of the buildings, it's supposed to feel like Sherwood Forest, a forest Uh above the zombies, the danger of the zombies. And somehow, unbeknownst to me, that dude nailed it in the main theme. Like when it mm-hmm. starts, it's this mm-hmm. discordant, like there's a little bit of an orchestra, there's some strings, there's like some vocals, but it's like, instead of the key you expect, instead of anything you expect, yeah. it's like a little warbly and a little off. And I hadn't heard it in a while. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, review this DLC or talk about it during the podcast. And I turned it on. I was like, oh my God, that's good. I love yeah. that when you get that main theme that makes you want to play the game. It may have nothing yeah. to do with the game, but you're listening the, the, to the, the, the cyberpunk the main theme. Oh, yeah. yeah. That always pumped me up before I. <laughs> For me, it was in. Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially the first one. Dun, dun, da, 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 da. And I was yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no clue if that was going to be in the game, but I was so hyped up, you know, from that, from that I main like music. The, I like the Fallout 4 theme as well. That was, that was a good one. Dude, I my wife yep. will never forgive Fallout Three for getting me into that layer of music too. That you know, <laughs> don't want to set the world on fire. I hated that game. Took me about six times to get into it, and I'm pretty sure my wife was happy about that. And one time, I finally got into it, and she had to hear that fucking song. Like, <laughs> I mean, I remember her coming in and just being like, "No," because <laughs> my office is in her in the bedroom, and she is just like, "Please, no, not anymore." <laughs> Um, but it is, it you know, is, uh, uh, go ahead. A go two games. Actually, I have remembered I played cult of the lamb recently and actually like, oh music yeah, that. yeah, it dude. is good. Dude. It's, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really appropriate and it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. vibey and cool. Like yeah. there's just some cool, cool, like there's just like some cool beats and stuff in it too. I think that's, uh, you know, you guys obviously Brandon at a different time than Josh, but you know, you come into the game industry and you have the different instruments and different tools. It's one of the reasons why I'm so happy about unreal because I grew up when you could make a mod maybe, but making, you know, but making your own thing was pretty difficult. And then over time, you know, you start getting these engines that are a little better and a little better and you get cry engine, you get all this stuff. And then unreal, especially now has nailed it to the point to where, you know, it, it is a legitimate possibility 
to see somebody make a game, let alone a mod that's incredible. I don't know if you guys just saw yeah. yesterday's release of Mass Effect's mod, the uh, uh -huh. the vintage the vintage mod, which quite literally changes the entire game, adds in thousands of NPCs on the uh, on wow. the space. Wow. It, it's unbelievable. Like if you read the mod, it's. I mean, I just kept laughing out loud like a madman because I was like, "What? What? Like this is a? What are we even talking about? This is a game. It makes no sense." How many now. people worked on it? Uh, a couple, but not a ton. It was like yeah. six main modders, and they just went nuts. They found wow. old words that weren't in it. They found they even added their own journal entries for shit. Wow! It's like I was just reading this Nexus file, going like. Well, what the? F where are we now? Like where? Like where are? And it's so cool to see it. You guys were mentioning Unreal and stuff, and it it's so cool to see the ability for people um, to make stuff because that used to be. I mean, I get that the barrier of entry is cool too. Sometimes that is cool. It weeds out the, you know, the people who aren't really motivated to make something good. Right. But at the same time, man, dude, Unreal yeah. cha changed the fucking game, man. Yeah, I mean, it's still unreal. hard. But it's it's a lot more accessible if you really want to get into it for sure. I mean, the same thing's true with uh, you know, making electronic music or or music at your house. Yeah, you know, exactly. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. I should know. I bought Omnisphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. How's that going? Fuck, fuck off, man. <laughs> you know what? I still mess around with that, but I, I don't know even know why I bought that. But anyway, yeah, There's you're out of stuff in there. There there's some cool stuff, but for that cost, come on, man. Come on. Oh, yeah, that's on me. Um, but it, it, you're, you're right, Josh. It, it's so cool because, like you said, it is still hard. And the the ability to make something fun is not that that's it's yeah. never going. You can't push a fun button. That doesn't work. Yeah. We've seen that. Right. Um, but it is so it's to me like this is sort of what I was hoping for, because I was talking to Johnny a couple weeks ago while we were talking on the podcast. And I said, um, two games now have eclipsed my dreams, which I never thought I would be able to say that, and I'm very happy I can. And one is No Man's, guess? No Man's I Sky. I was going to guess that one. Yeah. <laughs> as as yeah. a child, I remember just wanting to be able to land, and I didn't even yes. know what first person was, because no game was first person. It was pre-Doom. It was pre... Well, Akabeth oh, yeah, was like yeah, yeah. line oh, yeah. drawing on a TSR, or TRS-80, but... And, and I was talking with my friends, and I still remember this discussion where we were like, imagine you know, seeing readouts because even text and stuff wasn't a thing as much then. And I was like, imagine being able to land, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, No Man's Sky, it launched like a wet turd on cement. You know, it was terrible. It was, I mean, they fucked up everything. Um, you know, there, it was just a disaster. But it's not anymore. And it has eclipsed my dreams, which I, 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 like, I remember my mom and dad, they're like, we don't know what you do, but you seem pretty passionate about it. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know what dad's dream was. He loved to hunt. So maybe his dream was getting a, you know, deer five, hunter, you know, yeah. Or, well, by the way, I did send him some video here recently of Hunter Call of the Wild huh. to say like, this yeah. is possible now, but mm -hmm. No Man's Sky, man, it's, it's unbelievable that everything is in the game. And yeah, I, I haven't played yeah. it since like their one year patch. I, that was the first time I played it, um, but I haven't played it since then. But it seems like it's living up to its full potential. And now. we live in a magical time where that's like, remember game engines? You couldn't get out of the car because there was one game engine. It was the driving part. There was no. Yeah. Now, now you yeah. can fly your Flash Gordon looking ship and build into it. a planet into, into a planet a underwater you know. and build a city. Just because <laughs> you're just like, wait, what? What? And, you know, it's it's awesome. And Unreal's allowing 
um, people who see No Man's Sky to build on that, which is what excites yeah. me because No Man's Sky is space and you sort of see that thing. GTA five, I think we can all admit for an open world game, probably the best example of no, you know, it's got its multiplayer. It's got its civilizations, its people, all that stuff. Um, but it's so awesome to see all this kind of stuff. And it's cool. For example, musicians like, so in the old days, the developers, a lot of times were the people doing the music, you know, like they, they were just doing, and yep. now it's so yep. cool that you guys can just mention kid and everybody, not everybody, but the people watching this will know because I talk about it, but that's so cool. It's so, something about that is so amazing where you can mention somebody when it comes to sound and people know who you're like they know who you're talking about and you can yes. go and get those. And then another person can go and see that and go, well, I like Jack Wall's ideas for, let's say for Mass Effect, you know, in a, in a game on uh, I can put some modules in, in seconds and start making music in unreal, even though, like you said, it's not going to be good, but you can do it. Uh, it's dude. We live in a magical time, man. I mean, like yeah. my curiosity for games is bigger than it was when I started because mm -hmm. Everybody can jump in and do stuff like Brandon's doing movie stuff and then makes the jump to games, which I think in the old days, remember, you'd hear even the difference between CGI and practical offense, uh, effects guys. There was always that big gulf. Yeah, We're yes, like, you yes. know, the practical, which I love practical effects, but then you, you, yeah, I prefer them these days. I prefer them. <laughs> but what I've been seeing is the mixture where they like, they mm. fix a little bit of the practical effect to make, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. now we're seeing the synergy where people can be like, boom, I'm bouncing in and you can mix everything together. Like fucking sky's the limit, man, for what yep. we can see in the, and now you're getting video games where the cutscenes are movies. I don't know if you got shout out to this channel, uh, gamers, little playground. They take cutscenes for all the games. They make a movies, no talking. Oh yeah. I watch cool. some of their stuff. Actually. Dude. I, I like, I'm one. I, I think I'm subscribed to three channels writing on games, them and maybe IGN just because I want to tease them, but I'm just joking. <laughs> um, I gamers, little play. It's, it's incredible. And there's other channels that do this, but the idea that these cutscenes now are movies themselves are. Yeah. Dude, it's so yeah. good. And uh, there's also, uh, when I, when I first got into the industry in 2007, like, uh, when I was going to school, I went to school at Full Sail University in Orlando, and uh, I was there for just a year. Um, but the year I was there, um, there was basically no knowledge of game audio, sound design, or anything oh, like that as a career path. Mm -hmm. Okay. And mm -hmm. now, nowadays, I there's a schools actually have curriculum based on it, and um, and like lot like there's a, like a lot of schools that do. Uh, Full Sail is one of them now you know, um, Vancouver, uh, film school as well. Um, but yeah, it's it, but now there's this, there's this like newfound deeper appreciation for, for game audio. And there's more people than ever who are wanting to get into the mm -hmm. industry now. Also at the same time, there's more jobs now than ever, yeah. uh, for, for what we do. Um, so there's more competition, but there's more jobs as well. So, but yeah. can you help us understand kind of the, the breadth of your job description because obviously you know there's so much stuff that goes into it like you have audio acquisition like you know are you the guy with the mic right capturing stuff are you the guy doing the mixing of sounds and maybe elevating them with like different samples and stuff like that um are you more on the programming side or like bringing it in you know like can you yeah. help us understand like each of you two like yeah. where is your kind of area of 
What's your bailiwick? Get, getting your hands dirty. Yeah, in that whole process. Um, yeah, so uh, that's changed a lot over time. And Brandon's well, seen that change even just within a past year or two. Uh, yeah. um, but when I first got hired, I was hired on as a sound designer. There are audio the programmers. You do, you do everything like just do do all the sounds and do implementation of those sounds because it was really important to know the tools, know how to make the sounds, and know how to implement them. Um, as time has gone on, uh, we now have people like myself. I'm still a sound designer. I'm, I'm lead sound designer, but I still do sound design. But now we have a tech team that works on systems and impl and implements our sounds. Um, kind of for us, but we, we still do a little light implementation like in wise and stuff like that. Uh, but as far as the, uh, we have a whole, um, specialty now called tech sound mm -hmm. design where they, they can still do some, some sound design stuff and, but it's not their, it's not what they're required to do. Um, they will hook everything up. So we have in-house composers now who just focus on the music. We have, um, we also have, uh, audio programmers. We have an audio director. We have an associate director of sound design. Uh, we have VO uh, directors as well and VO designers. And it used to be when I was in, first in the industry, I was the VO designer. I was a sound designer. I was a tech sound all designer. All the hats. All yeah. the hats. And yeah, and since Brandon, and he, he can speak to this a little bit too, like he's seen some rapid changes in our own department. And it you know, it's just there's more we need. We need people to specialize in these these categories because it's yes. get, it's getting harder and harder and harder for one person to be able to. The job is bigger now. You need to partition it in a way and specialize. Yeah, yeah. Games are getting a, a lot bigger, so you do have that level of specialization. But um, for me, it, um, similar to what Josh said, um, I'm occasionally recording. Um, I am usually mixing stuff on my DAW, finding samples and whatnot until I punch up various assets, uh, doing some light implementation, um, po possibly writing some um, uh, Unreal Blueprint code, depending on um, how, if, if I have like an idea for something I want to do that's really specific and I just want to like jot it down really quickly and mm -hmm. get it in the game. Uh, most of the time that is handled by our um, technical sound designers or aud or audio programmers if it's far more high level. But uh, yeah, it's day to day. It's mostly doing that. Um, we did all come into mix Wonderlands together, so we did kind of have that 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 camaraderie moment for like a couple, a few weeks while we were doing that. Um, but it was um, we 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 tried to keep the the people actually mixing at the at the computer and at the at the the board um, to s several people because you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, however, right. um, we, we generally, uh, had like a, a number of people in there, um, making calls and doing things. So we are mixing to a degree. It is very much, uh, in flux, especially after COVID, but, um, yeah, I, I think, um, it's mostly just become about specialization, that sort of thing. You know, it's very interesting. You mentioned the mixing because usually with music specifically, you have one, really one person doing the mixing or at least in charge of it because they kind of mm -hmm. have a vision for the song, don't they? Right. They, they yeah. kind of know, yeah. oh, here I want to highlight the piano a bit or, you know, like here, here's what I want to stand out. And when it comes to games, that kind of takes place too, where, no, I want this sound to be really prominent, right? Or like, oh no, here it needs to be heard that this person is saying that thing, all yeah. this kind of stuff. But um, 
I have a question for you guys. What you, what DAW are you using? Um, I'm um, using. Sorry, yeah, go for it. Go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, um, I'm. I use Ableton most of the time. I use uh, Reaper occasionally, Reaper. and um, we are Nuendo Studio, so I do use Nuendo at the studio and occasionally at home. Um, yeah, those are my three main DAWs. Is it? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. For me, I, for me, like I, I, I started out with Pro Tools, mm -hmm. and then we the we became a Nuendo Studio because we are all of our hardware at the facility works with Nuendo. Mm -hmm. And um, but as far as like if there's a you know, and, and I make m music in Ableton. I don't really make game audio assets in Ableton. But, uh, but as far as like, if there's a game audio industry standard DAW, it's Reaper, hands Reaper. down. Oh, Isn't really? it funny? Really? I I was using Reaper day one when that got released as like a free, you know freeware, like just oh, wow. some random guy. And I remember talking to Elijah Chuck um, about it, and he's like, "Dude," I, and and then uh, I don't know if you guys get to talk to him, but uh, Justin Bell who did, uh, you know, oh, yeah. who did know. Outer Worlds. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to check out this Reaper thing. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to check it out. You're going to be stuck <laughs> in it. And you're going to fall in. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that just goes to show you what somebody can do if they have a, a very particular idea. It's taken a while for that to come to um, maturity, but it's it's insane you know to me. A, insane. It's the same same developers as Winamp. No, is oh. it really? Yep. Yeah, I wasn't aware <laughs> of that funny. at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nuts, man. It's like I remember using all the big tools and hearing about this Reaper and they were like, yeah, and we allow this and this for free. And I was like, hey, that's, you know, I got I had some crashes on it, but I was like, I can pretty yeah. much, you know, you can come to grips with it. And then and then when you hear like pros are using it, that's when you just like, I'm yeah. sorry, what? Like that, that came on a CD mm -hmm. in an Xbox magazine or something, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. now people like you guys are yourselves are using it. it's just that's awesome to me it's awesome because yeah. it also shows utility equals it, it, it utility can actually equal sales into an industry that you would might assume would be locked off you mm -hmm. might assume would be locked off just because we've seen that in the past where it's like mm -hmm. you can only use this camera because only this is available for it and blah, yeah. blah 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 not with i mean maybe some in some ways but overall i've seen reaper basically take by storm almost every single composer i talk to and every, most sound people are like somebody's you know using it for cool something too, going on the line of what you were saying about the engines providing accessibility for people to do awesome stuff with low footprint as as a team like for someone new jumping into sound stuff you could really pick any daw yeah that's you know decent like i've always used cubase that's mm -hmm. the one i've become familiar with and you can really like get to a very high level with that before you're limited by specific features that you would have to go to Reaper mm -hmm. or other stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of encouraging for new people out there. Like if you're listening and you're you're thinking, I want to screw around with, you know, making music or making sounds, mm -hmm. you could really pick any of these that yes. we mentioned and yeah. like get really far yeah. with it, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And really once you've learned one DAW, you've kind of learned yeah. them all in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, and it'll be easier to transition for you. The yeah. only one I so can't transfer to is the one that's vertical. Um, what? Which one's that? Which one? Is it Ableton? What? So normally I work Vart this way, and one of them yes. is this. John, uh, John, we've talked about this before. I've well, tried Ableton to has both. Yeah, yeah it, it, so it's you, not Ableton. There's one where it's just vertical, and I, I, I remember trying Oh, oh you're, you're thinking of tracking or, or trackers. Is it trackers? 
Yeah, yeah, like th- that's how like old video games. All, all I know is I saw it and I was like, nope, I noped out. I know wow. it was yeah. impossible, yeah, man. Because uh... I remember us talking about it one day, and because uh, Abzi, I should have got Abzi on this podcast. Too, a lot of chiptune, a lot of chiptune artists. Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you. You know, I mean, it's it, it's. It is so cool that, yeah, people can jump into this, you know, pretty much regardless and be able to get a long ways. I was talking to Ron Jankies. Um, he was going to write some oh, music. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's an awesome guy. He's going to write some music Name for our drop. intro when we were on Twitter. Well, well, yeah, he's gone now, <laughs> but he's sort of he sort of left the scene. But uh, yeah, when we were getting awesome. him to do a, a – we wanted a Twitch entry, uh, like an entry music video, 30 seconds to a minute of his music. And I was talking to him. I remember like watching, you know, what he was using Fruity Loops at the time, you know, the stuff that I think a lot of people are like, pip, pip, Fruity Loops. And I'm like, dude, Ron Jenkins is jamming the fuck on Fruity Loops. So I'm going to tell you right now, if he can do it and just make some insane music, you can pretty much use anything. And it, it was so cool to see it, to talk to him about what he used and how like he just didn't care. You know, dude, use Loops is great. Paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is. It's it's got some, you know. I, I it's got, I don't know how to describe it. I guess it's what a lot of people consider the the low budget, you know, entry it, or for some reason. But dude, I used Free Loops for years, and made some really cool yeah. tracks. So it's like f off, yeah. you know. You can make it. No, there's like people who are professional electronic music musicians that only use it. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. There's Absolutely. so many people. So let's say you guys make a game, you release it, you're really proud of it, and some jackass ACG uh. reviewer is like. <laughs> I don't like the sound. Shits on your game. Yeah. Um, how does patching sounds work? And the reason why I bring this up is I was looking at Dying Light 2 and they had some sound effects. They had some latency issues on something. They 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 had a couple little issues and they've always been really good about saying like this sound didn't play, this blah, blah, blah. Um, when a game is released, you're using QA, I'm assuming, to to try to track as much as you can. But let's mm-hmm. say you've released the game and someone on the forum somewhere reports um, the second swing on a sword doesn't make a sound or whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What are the steps? I've never been able to figure this out probably because I've never asked it accurately, but what would you do if you saw that? Do you have an internal thing where you have to write it up or do you just jump in to whatever game and start going like, Oh shit there, you know, that second swing doesn't make a sound effect. Like how do you guys fix something after it's released? Yeah, we we write up. We typically will write up a Jira ticket or a Jira's Jira or our, yeah. our, yeah. our tracking software. Oh. Um, <laughs> and oh, what? <laughs> I hate Jira. I never want to use it. I just hate tracking software. And Jira gives me actual like tension. Hearing the name, man. When you'd wake up okay, and you'd gotcha. see your Jira list, and you're like, <laughs> so continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, we uh, there's typically a little bit of a system in mm-hmm. place because you have to be very careful with post-launch changes obviously sure. you know sure um and it just basically needs to get all the right eyeballs on it and there's certain um there's certain points of post-development where where you can say okay this is this this uh can be a candidate for this patch and then mm-hmm. you can change it you can change it locally and then submit it through per- perforce and uh, programming will usually integrate it and once it gets integrated and it could be, get sent out for the next patch, basically. So it's not really, I mean, that I'm, I don't want to say it's not a lot of work, but what I'm saying is, um, if the, if you, if you hear about an issue, you don't need it to be reported a thousand times. You, you, you guys on a forum, if somebody just mentions it in your group and says somebody on a forum is saying mm-hmm. that this doesn't work, you guys are pretty able to jump in 
like and and do you guys have a scheduled time for that? What I mean by that is the game releases on a Tuesday. Um, do you guys have like a week afterwards where you're looking actively looking for those? Do you see what I'm saying? How are you getting that data? I guess is it just official well, reports? Or are you li quite literally looking on a forum to see what people are saying? Well, uh, QA is often. Um still testing mm, the game okay. mm -hmm. uh, after release it's it's an ongoing thing yeah you know, for, for sure for years uh but uh um yeah sometimes i don't think we see stuff on forums that we don't already know about and oh, it's pretty okay. rare yeah um, gotcha That's whenever enough. we shipped to wonderlands there were some ui mix issues but we were already aware of those and we were already working on them um but yeah, I don't think we've seen anything on a forum or Reddit or anything like that where we're like, oh, how did we miss this? Right. Like, it hasn't happened quite yet. Um, but I mean, yeah, I it, it's usually our QA teams are good enough to find most things. But mm -hmm. uh, but there's subjective things that we see all the time, but we don't usually change those. So, yeah, right, right. Like, yeah. oh, we sh we don't want to content swap something just because somebody didn't like it online. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's a certain like triage. Um, th there are triage levels of like, okay, um, is this a game breaking bug? Is or is this like something that is like um, something that you think should be changed, but doesn't really uh, so something more important could go in that uh, that slot for the patch. Um, sure. So it, it 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 all depends on that particular priority system as well. Yeah, I mean, we're developers, and you know, we're very critical of our own work, and there's so many times where. I'm like, man, I wish I would have done this or that different, or I would love to swap it. But you just need to be like, sorry, abandon it, man. It's just yeah. <laughs> move on to the next thing and do well, better next time. And no developer. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about this all the time, and I think people believe this. I truly do think people believe this. I'm going to make them sound stupid, but I really do believe that some people think a developer wakes up and says, man, I really want to make a shitty game today. Yeah. And no one... No one has, by the way, even people who put out low uh, quality like knockoffs want the quality knockoff of, let's say, their shoes, their fake Nikes, their Nukies. They still want them yeah. to be good enough to pass a particular thing. And you you get this thought process. And that's why I want to ask you how you take the feedback in um, and if it's organic or if it's like we already knew, because that's one of the things mm -hmm. that even when I talk in I've seen it, especially lately, and I've definitely been self-conscious myself versus the past where I might have pulled the trigger on a couple things where now I'm like, eh, wait a minute, there's a pretty good chance they already know this. So instead oh, you of mean being, like you, you, you noticed something in a game that needed that, that you thought needed fixing or something. And, or? Yeah. And that the developer didn't already probably know. You know, and right. I think that it comes from a place of ego. I mean, it's possible somebody missed it, but like you guys said, most likely everybody knew, you know, it's mm -hmm. just like it, it couldn't be fixed at that time. Or as you said, it's a choice. It's like, this is what we're going with, even if a reviewer or somebody on a forum doesn't agree with it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. in the old days, I probably would have pulled the trigger on a review and been like, <laughs> what the fuck? Now I'm like, well, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, you, you know, is. Yeah, it, I don't like it. I'll say that. But I, I especially now, like I said, prior to the podcast, it really does feel like a lot of people just don't like games who are covering games. And I, I'm watching it going like, you know, I'm, I'm watching some coverage. Some I'm like, dude, do they even like this? Like, do they mm -hmm. are, like, why are we all here if this is and, and we saw, you know, this is a big deal. It's, it's with everything. We saw it with music. We saw it with movies where, you know, mm -hmm. uh, critics sort of you have that revolution 
where people change or they become the old man in the group, you know, right. who's like screaming at clouds, the Cisco and Eberts who even themselves changed over time, which was good. Yeah. That's the way you should do it. Um, and now we're seeing everybody being able to create everything. I think also the equilibrium is weird because I'll get people going like, well, this game's got issues, but only two people made it. And hmm. I agree with that thought process, but I don't have to invest. I don't want to investigate the number of people who made something uh, versus the cost. If they're charging me 60, they're charging me 60, 60 is what it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, but we are getting so many games that we are seeing, um, I, I think some confusion on people's parts over what's on purpose and what's just good enough. What's just like, mm -hmm. you know, at 40 bucks, uh, you have a vampire. I believe vampire was 40. It had some issues, but I loved it. Um, but yeah. if it was 60, Right. I might have been like, eh, guys, you know, eh, there's a couple things here that maybe, you know, the animation might be a little wonky at 30, but you're like, hey, that's 30 bucks. And I think it's very cool that we have like Steam. You got your 99 cent game. You got your fifty nine dollar game. And and I love that. I think that people don't think about it as much as they probably should. But it's very cool to see even for you guys where you have DLC. That's a certain price. Then you got your main game is a certain price, certain and especially like a Borderlands where the game is more about, I don't want to say it's all about loot. It's not, but you get my drift. It's a different style yeah. than let's say yeah. a DLC story. And mm -hmm. I expect different things from both, even if they're the same price. Like if you guys charged $60, if you guys charge $60 for a Borderlands, the expectations for your story may not be, I'm just going to be honest. My expectations for your guys' story may not be at the same level as a Mass Effect. Where a Mass Effect, I'm looking for particular things and stuff like that. And right. um, when it comes to game making for you guys, do you guys, when it comes to good enough or when it comes to, um, we know that this isn't perfect or what have you. And you said, just wipe. I think Josh said, just like, let it go. You got to let it go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you drink that night? <laughs> do you go like child's gone they left the house we know it's not perfect let's get drunk i mean do you gotta ship it gotta ship, ship it. it do you hold on to it i mean or, or do you or do you true how do you get rid of it if you do how do you say okay it's out and like psychologically is it like what do you are you able to do that are you truly able to just walk away um yeah go, go for it no you go for it oh. Okay, I actually fine. want to know your. I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear what somebody's going to say. You both had something to say. Go for it, Brandon. Yeah. Um. So, being being super young in the industry, um, comparatively, uh, or just in general, um, it it's it, it is that weird feeling of kind of the the em the empty nest syndrome, mm -hmm. like like uh like oh well, my like the game. There's these little changes that I want to make, and I won't be able to make them because right. games are a series of interlocking systems and you know at the end of the day sometimes changing one thing might break everything yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean you have to fix like 10 other issues but um, I, I've since since Wonderlands has been out I've um, come to realize that um, similar to like when artists release an album and it feels like imperfect uh, art is just kind of like a time capsule of who you were and the, and the people yeah. that made it at the time and um, imperfections are just a going to be natural and sometimes more more desired than a quote unquote perfect game because mm -hmm. it really feels like somebody made it. Mm -hmm. So um, to a certain degree, you want to change it, but also feel that 
I, I kind of, I couldn't kind of wouldn't ever change it. You know, I, I wouldn't touch it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. doesn't. And, and so you're saying, so the next day you wake up, Brandon, you're like, all right, man, we released this game. You wake up. You're telling me you're really not opening up your dog one more time. Be like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, um, I did do that. Um, I opened up the, <laughs> the, 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 the editor. I opened up, opened up Wise um, because, because again, like after launch, you're always looking for bugs yeah, or things true. you can put right. in and whatnot um, in, in whatever capacity you can, depending on how the, you know, the patch is shaping up. Um, so, so you do have a little bit of that, but, um, there is also that realization that like, Hey, not, not everything you want to change is going to get changed. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so you do, you do have to just kind of sit with, sit with that and accept it. What about you, Josh? Yeah. I, it's, uh, I, it's fun. It's funny hearing Brandon's perspective. And I think he said what he said there was so beautiful because it, it is a time capsule of like who you were at that moment. And, um, uh, and that's, that's the damn truth. I mean, I remember, there's like whenever I finished Borderlands 2, you know, like after putting, you know, you know, your heart and soul into that and so many hours into it and everything after shipping it, I could barely listen to it because I was I was just hearing things in my head. That oh, gotcha. I, I, I could hear things that like I I knew I could have done better or whatever. But like now that I've distanced myself from it, you know, it's been over 10 years now. I can I can just look at it like Brandon's talking about like, oh, that's who I was at that time, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. And and usually, I mean, let's be real. It's audio. We're the only ones that notice. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's <laughs> if it's thing. a if it's a problem, it's really a problem only in our heads, you know, um, and, and and that happens a lot with like music. You know, music is the same way for me. Like I'll put something out like a year ago and I'm like, man, but I look at how far I've come over the like past year and I'm like, okay, well, I can, I have to be happy about that. And there's, there's, and I I remember there was moment on Wonderlands, I think, where I think I was talking to Brandon and I could, I could feel his jitters, (laughs) Uh, you know, like kind of like being unsure of himself and everything. And I was like, I promise you it's fine. (laughs) And I promise you it's not, it does get easier because you just do it so much. You know, we make thousands and thousands and thousands of assets for each game that we make, we're developing. You're, you're just, you have to do it. You have to keep going and, and for better, for worse, some things are going to be like, you're super proud of some things. You're going to be like, ah, I could have done it better because you're working on thousands of things, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. And, and I'm sure it's, thousands it's, of those things you work on aren't even getting into the final game anyway, right? I mean, you guys are like, you're making assets that sometimes just, you know, for whatever reason, you maybe you scratch it and move on to something else or... Le- that happens less now than oh, it used to. Okay, gotcha. I was not aware we're of getting that. A, okay. We're getting a bit more efficient about making decisions. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's cool. But it's, still, That's it's cool. not that it doesn't still happen because features get cut and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. But we have like a producer, audio producer now who actually is very good at like risk assessment on certain tasks that we have like okay can can you actually see that design is really invested in this are they working in it or are the artists are are the artists working on it? are the animators working on it has there been concepts made okay if those things are together then it's probably okay for us oh, to start developing right. palettes and start recording things for it so um so there's and you know before we didn't really have that kind of level of production assistance yeah because we would have to be we would have to do that ourselves but also make the assets and and everything like that and so so there would be moments where oh that was a bunch of wasted work or 
you know, and you get burnt out a lot easier when that's happening. Um, but nowadays we're, we're getting a lot. Not, I'm not saying we're perfect, but the the level of risk assessment and knowing whether or not something's going to get thrown out, like you can generally figure that. I out like the idea of of not going. We we used to, you know, obviously this is not like we made up the term, but going off half cocked, where you know you're like, all right, man, let's do it, and then you find out no one else is working on anything that's supportive of whatever you're doing, and you're like, we're screwed. Because this mm -hmm. is probably not going to get used. So the idea that somebody is there and is taking that into account and being like, okay, well, we do know that this and this and this are happening. So, you know, there's less of a risk of working on it than if none of those had, had been. Yeah, I'm always right. I love um, talking to people about like issues in development where things go dramatically terrible or some magic point happens. And I still think one of the best experiences of people going off half cocked is Daikatana's arrow which was uh, where the, one of the artists for Daikatana made an arrow with a million polygons, which was more than the entire <laughs> screen could display. And it, it was a misread on everybody's part. And I remember just being oh like, I get it. I get it. Because I've seen it in other businesses, for sure, where, uh, you know, and, and so now when people are talking more, I think that's also cool. Obviously, the engines help, too, because in Unreal or something like that, you can see what other people are doing or you can see mm -hmm. uh, other yeah. uh, modules where in the past, I know when I was talking to Justin, when he had started, like the audio stuff wasn't even connected in 99% of the ways, you know, it was like you had to do this import mm -hmm. and that. And so nobody would see it until you were doing that, where now it's like. Oh yeah, there's obviously assets for all of this stuff in <sighs> uh, in in Unreal or in whatever engine we're using, and I, I think that's just gonna it's just gonna make gaming, dude. It's just it's mm. such a good time for games, man. Like I was telling a friend, they were like, "Why is Elden Ring a big deal?" And I'm not as hot on Elden Ring nearly as other people. I liked it a lot, but I'm not like it, it's not it hasn't changed my universe. But one of the things I tried to tell him was that Elden Ring finally lets it's a little bit like No Man's Sky where it lets people get into Dark Souls where it doesn't remove the people who are really good at a Dark Souls game being able to do that. It's where yeah. it says, hey, yeah. you know what? We're going we're gonna to let you sort of figure this out at, a, at a, a speed where the human brain needs a little bit of time to memorize something. In yes. Dark Souls, I remember yeah. dying and going, I don't even know... I don't even know what happened. And I'm, I was good at those games and I was still like, what the fuck happened right there? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, what? Yeah. And, and Elden Ring's like, we're going to give you that almost like sleep after you, you cram for a test where the brain is like, and it's writing those memories down. And we're seeing that now where all these people can see all the different parts of game engines. We're starting to see the Elden Rings, the No Man's Skies. And dude, I got to tell you, man, I don't think I've been and and audio again to me is such a big deal. I don't think I've ever been this excited for like games because you, we're just starting to see all of this overlap. Even for example, when I was a kid, I would watch Legend or Willow and I knew that no one knew what the fuck I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I, I watched Legend like 300 times until my dad threw away the cassette tape. He was like, I never, ever want to hear the soundtrack for this again. And I was like, <laughs> dude, it was my favorite movie of all time. I was like, you don't understand what's, and my dad was a fisherman, so he didn't know what fantasy was. He was like, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. a sword? And I'm like, well, it's like a fish hook, <laughs> except it's huge. And you stab things and it's like, well, it doesn't Big work. In it doesn't work in real life. So no one gives a shit. And he was never that <laughs> yeah. mean, but he couldn't, he yeah. just didn't tie it together. And then we see Lord of the Rings, the movies come out. And I knew at that moment, oh shit, we might be able to see TV shows, which is something that in the past, if you did see a fantasy show, that shit was terrible. 
You know, you were mm-hmm. like, oh, oh man. Yeah. No. Was and like the, B movie, B, B series. Well, B, Q for quality, yeah. lack of it. That shit was bad. <laughs> sci-fi channel. Bad. No, sci-fi was even like, fuck that. We're yeah, not going there. Yeah. But now, yeah. and then you get superhero TV shows that are good. And you get, and I'm not even a superhero fan, but I, I am excited for those things because then you get video games becoming TV right. shows. Now, of course, we can make Halo where nobody even watches Halo and tries to make a TV show. They fuck that up. But you got Gears just getting announced as a TV show. And, yep. you know, Dave Batista running around shooting people and sawing people up. I'm like, I'm ch- I'll check in for one season of that. I love that everybody, the water cooler moment, everybody can talk about it now. And there's something yep. so magical yep. about my mom and dad are going to be too old that they 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 at least understand it. And I think that it's cool now because everybody who is coming up to grips now, you have TV shows, you've got movie stars talking about that they're fans. And we saw it with the Xbox. I remember uh, the Hobbit kid who played the Hobbit in the Hobbit movies, uh, who played um, the main guy. What's his name? Frodo? Uh, oh, Elijah Wood. Uh, Eli- uh, Elijah. Sorry, I called name? him yeah. Frodo. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Same He's thing. Frodo in our hearts. Yeah. Uh, Wood. Elijah Wood was like an Xbox fan, right? And you were in Snoop Dogg. And you were like, cool, Snoop Dogg. And, you know, you were like, yeah, but he's always high. Like, I probably can't tell my parents that. They're probably not going to be excited. Mm-hmm. But now you got all these movie stars, all these people talking about it. Um, Henry Cavill, who's a huge yeah. Warhammer yeah. fan. And by the way, Unrepentant, which is the best part of that. He's not like... Yeah, like yeah. he's like apologetic. He's like, he's dude, just... have you seen Warhammer? And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cool to be. We are in a, a great time period right now for games because we're starting to see TV shows, TV shows becoming mm-hmm. games, games becoming TV shows, movies. And to me, it's the best. It's probably the best time to be a gamer because then you can get people who want to also mix it up. We had Bandersnatch. I don't know if you guys saw that on on Netflix, which was like yep. the mixed TV, right? It. It do guys. It's I came from the time when trying to explain a game, you know, parents just don't. Will Smith, you know, parents yeah. just don't understand, I mean, right? They they were. They, I mean, games were kids' toys yeah. back in the day. They were, and now the kids are growing up to be adults. And now you have adult yeah. games. You games. have the, like The Witcher Three. Yeah, is yeah. an adult game. It's it's not for kids, and so like that's only going to continue. The other generations are never going to get it, but we grew up with it, and it's not going to be just. Uh, you know a thing for boys too right you know, it's right it's, oh that's it's one a, of the best parts man my wife and i i mean I, I can fully admit when we were living up apart um we hadn't moved in together i mean we were living in separate cities we were playing a french mmo called dofus weird name uh really cool <laughs> cell shaded uh um mmo and i was just like this is awesome to be able to like you know sims which is one of my favorite games of all time we played you know and those kind of things i and find just, that very very interesting yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> that you're the like you've played like every game, but staying for the Sims, you know? Uh, yeah. Sims is probably my number one game of all time. <laughs> That's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I love so, I love so putting four people in a room, locking the doors, and letting them turn into ghosts. Man, I am <laughs> I am methodically devilish in Sims, like putting them in swimming pools, deleting the ladders, and just being like ha 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 ha, and sitting back and just watching anarchy. But no, Sims Sims is cool because I I'm I was a fan of the Norns creatures, mm-hmm. an older uh, older AI game. I'm a fan of seeing systems interact. 
and what you can do and the ability for me to tell my mom and dad that Witcher is a game when they watch the movie or sorry the TV yeah, show, the show is, fa yeah. is fantastic to me yeah and you guys were talking about you know new people coming into games it's one of the reasons why sometimes I get mad where somebody would be like well you've never played an RPG unless you played Final Fantasy the original I'm like bitch they were weren't even a sperm you're talking to somebody who's 14. <laughs> it was another 15 years prior yeah. to them being born. Why are we talking to, why are we telling this person you can't enter our group if you haven't yeah. played a game that was 20 years prior? That's like those people who tell you you haven't seen a movie unless you've seen like Casablanca. It's like, yeah. shut yeah. the fuck up, man. That makes no, and so we get new people every day coming into the industry. It's exploding and we're seeing them not just in that industry, but also branch, you know, the TV shows and the movies. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what's so exciting to me, man. It's so exciting because everything is happening. AI is another thing. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. Google's AI compression for music. Mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. Nah. Dude. What is it? So listen to this. They used AI. Oh, this is something, by the way, Johnny can back me up. A year ago, I said there's for sure, somebody is for sure going to do this. It will happen. Yeah. They use AI to sample the 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 music and they use ai to compress it to the point to where it's still to a human appears to be lossless mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they took a 560 kilobyte sample to six. Oh wow and it is what? mind blowing <laughs> i was just listening now by the way you and i we would be able to hear you can hear it they were trying to show you you can keep the gist of the music at this very mm -hmm. low bit rate yeah but at six it was listenable so at yeah, 12 that's it was nuts. And you can look it up online. They have these white papers about it. I'm a huge AI fan. Like that's my biggest thing right now is that's I even crazy. use AI to that write fake insane. reviews as a joke. And I'm, I'm ch checking the AI for, uh, for music. And I'm like, you know, we're already getting AI up sampling. We're getting AI, uh, changing the res. Why not go to an Assassin's Creed and clean mm -hmm. up, uh, the samples mm -hmm. in Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Uh, why not? figure out ways to do all this stuff. And we're starting to see console ma makers. We're starting, we obviously we've seen it with Nvidia with the tensor cores where they're like, well, we're going to just put some AI chips on our card. And it's like the, what we can do with AI is mind blowing right now, let alone when people start looking and saying, oh shit, you know what, what are we doing? Why? And, and it's the difference between a, a big horsepower engine and turbo. When I grew up, it was like you had your, 400 horsepower v8 and then somebody with 120 horsepower turbo would beat you and you'd be like what the fuck that makes yeah. no sense <laughs> that's the way we are now where it's in it doesn't have to be a native 4k you don't mm -hmm. have to just say it has to, it's like, well, what if we have an um, you know, upsample algorithm that technically adds more detail than the original 4K does, which is what Nvidia is doing. And yeah. now we've got it for audio. And what are we going to see? I use audio fake uh, voices right now for a joke mm -hmm. for our D&D game. You can't tell. You, oh wow! You can't yeah. tell, yeah. Really? It's yeah. Altered is one of them, and then another one's called Resemble, and you can type in like surprise, and they'll be like, "Really? Where's the you know?" And you're just sitting there going like, "What the fuck?" Like that's a <laughs> that's better than it's better than 32 or 64 bit systems. It may not be equal to human, but it's certainly better right. than Space Harrier on the Sega yeah. Master System, where it's like, um, "Get ready!" You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you guys are are checking AI, but um, that's where my big like excitement is for games on what we're going to be able to see for AI VR. I'm huge into VR. Have you guys uh, fucked around with VR at all? Either one of you guys? Uh, I have a Quest Two. Quest Two. Gotcha. What about you? I'm, Josh has I'm said still. Nothing. Still holding off on that. Like I, I, I saw that new Meta 
the Quest yeah. Pro. Quest Pro. And it, it, that actually is the first one that like made me go, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the one I get. Or maybe I wait another gen or two just to see. Um, but yeah, I'm still kind of holding out on the, the the VR thing. I think I think it has a lot of potential, and it's either gonna it's either gonna just take over, or it's it's gonna be the most amazing flop ever. <laughs> you know, I like think I, with Borderlands VR, which I've checked out, um, and VR games that are built on main games, not mm-hmm. VR sample games, but like Skyrim VR, Fallout VR, those are your examples of inc- like for example, Fallout Four on VR is nothing like Fallout Four. I don't even know how to describe it. Going into a room in Fallout 4 in VR is 10,000 times the experience as going into a room in Pancake. It's not even okay. it's not even equivalent. Um, it's, it's like a Pancake version is looking outside when it's raining. VR is going outside in the rain. And yeah, the difference yeah. is astronomical when it comes to experience. Um, but mm-hmm. there's been a lot of letdowns and there's been a lot of issues with tech. I have every headset, I think, every single headset that's available because I do review them. <laughs> and... I got to tell you, playing Dungeon and Dragons, Demio is one of the um, softwares right now for playing Dungeon and Dragons in VR or VR chat. It, it's unbelievable, man. It's, it's such, but it also is is terrible because the closer you get to Uncanny Valley, the more uncanny that fucker gets. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you are like doing VR and you're playing Borderlands or something. You're like, well, it's just, it's still like it doesn't feel as good because we're not really running or the movement right. doesn't feel. There's, yeah. and I don't know how they're gonna fix that, but I got to tell you guys, No Man's Sky in VR is beyond mind blowing. It's yeah, it's something that is so difficult to describe until I have friends come over and I've had friends come over. And they put the headset on and went and bought the headset like instantly. They're like, That's are the thing. you kidding me? So that is the thing. <laughs> it's like uh, whenever you watch like the meta presentations and they're talking about VR, you just can't re- relay what it is yeah. or how it feels right. in a presentation. You have to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's very true for VR. It's just you can't, you know, MKBHD, the uh, the YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, who he actually did. He actually uh, just took his cell phone and put a video, like took a video of, of of his cell phone going through the VR. Yeah, and so he could show like what it looked like, and in the met, like what they were trying to show in the meta presentation is like you can have these virtual screens all around you, <laughs> and he showed the virtual screens, and it was like that. 10 second video was better than better. their entire yep. presentation yep. and illustrated yeah. what it did way more, you know, it's crazy. No one thought of doing something like that, but like more polished. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we see it exactly. with E3s, right? Um, you'll see somebody be like, um, Sony and Microsoft are terrible for this. You know, Microsoft with the coveted fucking rain suit moment where they had everybody wear raincoats for the connect. And you were just sitting there going like Microsoft, man, like how dumb are you? Like you have to pay people to be this stupid, and I love Microsoft, but they're idiots. Sony, Sony's like buy another f- or get another job to play for our PS3. You know these companies mm-hmm. don't really get; they pretend to get the consumer, but it takes a very particular person to get the consumer. And and when you're talking to Facebook, man, you know you're talking to a guy who's got more money than there are people in most continents, so it's difficult for him to really come to grips with what he's trying to explain. And that's why you do need a YouTuber to be like, guys, that's not it. Like, here's what yeah. it is and show you for three seconds and be all, oh, okay. 
Now I get it. I think with VR, one of the things we're missing is weight. I play uh, Skyrim VR, and Johnny and I've talked about this, but swinging a sword like this because you don't have sword. to swing it. The pay, yeah, yeah and you'll kill everybody, by the way. Like, you can kill the made guys by just doing that, and you're like, all right, well, that's not working. But yeah. we are getting there, and I certainly, I work out all the time, and I can tell you, I don't know if I want to carry a broadsword in a video game. Right, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be yeah. like, dude, I, that's tiring. Like at some point, you're just like, Fuck this, like that's too you're much. Have to bench a little first. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, my max bench. All right, let's go play Skyrim. But, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, guys, it's we're getting there, man. And I was yeah. playing D and D in VR chat. In in uh, this is gonna bring us back to audio. That's probably the main thing is audio for me. And I know people. You know, watching are always about the looks, but I got to tell you, Fallout 4, there was a guy on the second story and he was firing and I turned my head realizing like I was trying to get my ear closer to the sound and I realized where he was. He was above me mm -hmm. and it was that full on shiver moment of like, oh shit, yeah. I know exactly where he is right. and it was and it changes it, that experience, the presence they say, by the way, if you guys want a good experience in VR, Resident Evil seven is another one. It's I've on the great things. It's the yeah. sense of presence is haunting. Like the chick gets in your face and I, dude, I'm, it's a horror. It's a game. What the hell? I don't get scared in most games. I was like, what the fuck? This chick won't get out of my face. <laughs> it was so good. It's so yeah, yeah. good. And the audio you can hear, dude, you can hear her breathing. And it's, yeah. it's here and then it's moving and you're just like, this is, this might be real. There might be an old lady in my house right now. Like your brain is that close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's awesome. I, yeah. I think that, I think we're, I think we're so close, man, for all of this stuff. It feels like we're just, you know, it feels like we're really close to finally figuring this stuff out. Look at PlayStation finally with the Tempest. Uh, Microsoft admittedly does have their own audio system for 3D audio, but you, Tempest works pretty well on the PlayStation 5 as well. Yeah. We're seeing these companies care about audio yeah. and care about 3d audio which you know yeah. you've seen those games right where you're just like that guy is right in front of me i can't hear him you know or he sounds like he's in front of me and then you come over the hill and he's eight miles away and you're yeah. like oh come on you know we're getting there man I, I that was just a long diatribe about how excited i am about video games. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's very welcome it, it, it's it's such a cool time, man. And I got to say, Borderlands, by the way, to give you guys a kudo, I have Neura headphones. A lot of people don't have these, but uh, the Neura headphones are spectacular. And I was playing Borderlands, spooling up a couple of the guns. And I got to say, if anybody has a chance to rent Neuras, because you can rent them, rent those sons of bitches and play Borderlands. Because, <laughs> my God, it is good audio. Like that was one of Thank the you. times where I was just like, holy shit. And I like Borderlands two better than three. I'm not quite sure why. I don't mean audio. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. as a game. Yeah. I um, see a lot of people say that. Have you? Have you? Yeah. I'm, I've never really been able to parse out why. Cause to me, they're like Borderlands. You know I what I mean? It's, like, it's also a, a thing of the times. Like, you know, when yeah. you played Borderlands two, mm. it was like, it kind of clicks, you know, the butt jokes, uh, all this stuff. And then like Borderlands three, it's a little bit like you kind of have done it before. Oh, okay. It is. I got gotcha. you. You know, it is like more of the same that you love, but it just never hits like that first. You know. I, yeah, I think not quite. Not quite as novel. I think is is kind of what. Yeah. You're right. Just, there. Also, Borderlands is so cool because cell shaded. Like I like cell shaded, but it doesn't always work, and. Um, I think the one thing with Borderlands is it does uh, well, and it's probably not even called cell shaded. I'll call it's it not that. cell shaded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 
I, I, I yeah, exactly. Don't yeah, because I'm sure wait, somebody right now is like, don't say that to a visual artist. Yeah, but but <laughs> everybody, know. by the way, knows what I mean when I sell. Like yeah, normal course. gamers call it cell shaded. It is not. It's just like art, you know, anime and cartoons. Don't call them cartoons, so, even though I do. So help me out. What what? Why is it not cell shaded? Well, uh, cell shading. So what's the distinction? Yeah, yeah. Cell shading is more of a rendering style, yeah. from what I understand. Okay. And, yeah. and what we do is it's more of an art style. It's actually things are oh. being inked by artists and things yeah. like that. Uh, but right. we'll never get over people saying so, it's so. It's not though. like a post effect, <laughs> like a yeah. No, yeah, it's yeah. exactly. It's not like a post effect or anything. Yeah. Um, okay. And you worked. If I so when Borderlands was first announced, it was real with no that artistic style right. was not there. Yeah, I still yeah, have pictures a of that realistic art style. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that was the uh, and you could there's actually on YouTube. I don't know how it got there, but there's video of it. But oh, oh um, I was not aware. Yeah. Of that. Um, but. Yeah, the the art style change was pivotal for the franchise. I don't uh, there's no way it would have been the same, I feel like, or the popularity of it, it would have been the same, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, the pinata of colors whenever like weapons are coming out, it's not, that's not going to look it. In fact, you guys get away with comedic stuff because it does look admittedly yes, yeah, yeah. in, in that vein. And that's exactly like you said, it, it changed the whole tone of everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be. And by the way, I also think borderlands wouldn't be tales from the borderlands probably wouldn't be a thing right. if you guys hadn't chosen that, because then it's easier to just say, okay, I mean, it fits perfectly. You're just like, yeah. that works. And I, I'm not 100% sure it would have worked as well if you guys had gone great. I, I personally think it was, yeah, like you said, like... Just pretty we, genius. Yeah, uh, because, idea. well, yeah. it's it's its own thing. And we see it with yeah. some games. They try it certain, you know, certain graphical effects. But that one in particular, I guess you're right, Johnny. I hadn't thought about that, you know, Borderlands being Borderlands simply because of the time frame I mm. played it. But that that is probably what caught me. It's just because it was so different. It was like, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, at the time it came out, every game was brown, you know, and like... Yes. Brown yeah, and blue. Every, yeah. And everybody was saying it was like a meme, you know, at that yep. time where every game had that gritty... And Borderlands 1 still had a little bit of that gritty kind of brownie kind of texture everywhere, but... The fact that they changed the art style to be much more colorful and everything, like it did make it stand out in a way that was probably a little bit more refreshing to people, I would say. It it certainly stood out to me when I wasn't working on it. Um, and when I saw it in person during my interview and like right. my friend was trying to get me hired at Gearbox and I was like kind of uncertain about it, even though I thought Borderlands seemed kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But when he he pulled me into his office and he showed me the intro to Borderlands one that was finished like three, like three months before it came out and the uh that song you know ain't no rest for the wicked came on and yep. it just felt like nothing is like this right now and so that convinced me to take the job the job essentially <laughs> oh interesting it's so cool too when we look at this um pivotal there you know pivotal art change on something being such a big deal because borderlands isn't just borderlands it's also any other game that comes after borderlands that that's yeah. one of the things I think people forget is yeah you guys made a pivotal change so it helped Borderlands but it also helped other companies that yeah. got an inspiration and we have YouTube channels that were just Borderlands so obviously that's a, a creator who might not have ever become a YouTube creator but they liked Borderlands right. we see that with Skyrim and that's one of the things that like I said I I I just I try to it's not even skewing positive it's just the fact that I don't think people get it man I mean it's almost like sitting in the middle of it and being like yeah yeah it's good. It's like, no, you have yeah. no clue what's going on. 
I mean, yeah. 90% <laughs> of YouTube is video game content or, or music content starting it. That's what started it. Mm -hmm. that, there's a reason why PewDiePie was so big. It was video game content. Yeah. And it was yeah. people experiencing video game content through a goofball. Whether you liked him or not, you were seeing these games. People are not understanding that the people who are making movies are game fans. The people who are making yeah. games are movie fans. But it's all coming together into this amazing time where AI, AR, what have you, amazing audio, there isn't a part of games that I feel is being held back, which I will personally say when I was younger, I always felt voice was held back. That was the one. Things weren't yeah, voice acted. Yeah. And I got to admit, I'm yeah. not going to play a JRPG where the character says one word and it's a paragraph of writing afterwards where they're like, ah, oh, <laughs> and you're like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, Johnny knows yeah. me, man. They, they've been talking about games. I'm like, F you never play. I'm done. I'm done. We're past that. You know, use AI if you have to. I'd be OK. Use a text reader, um, which I'm reviewing a game right now that uses Microsoft's text reader. And, you know, it's not as good as Ivana or some of the others, but it's 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 good enough. I used to think it was audio. You know, for the longest period of time, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't exactly where it was supposed to be. And now, I mean, Trent Reznor did, you know, Quake. That might be yeah. where it started, but it it's, it's, it's so fucking awesome. It's awesome that I can talk to you guys and people, not to be rude to you guys. I want to make sure this is not in no way rude, but that people are interested because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think yeah. years ago, it might've been a next generation magazine article that people bought because it was doom. They weren't buying it to yeah. talk to the, and now we can talk to composers and audio people yep. and people are genuinely able to um, like take it in and be like, holy Christ, yeah. I didn't know that yeah. this or this thing is how they do and things. And finally names are starting to be recognizable. Like, oh, I know you from the OST, yep. you know, like, like we yeah. talked about yeah. some people really like Outer Worlds and now they know the name of, you know, like Justin Bell, just yeah. kind of. Justin Bell, it just sticks with you in a way that it didn't before. People are just more aware of it. As fans, yeah. of, as people who work on games, do you guys play games as much? Or have you noticed that going down? Like, Brandon, since you're the younger, when did you, have you, were you playing a ton of games? And then has that gone down? Or were you not playing as much and it's gone up? Has anything changed now that you're in the industry? Um, it's always kind of wavered, uh, even before I was in the industry. Um, some, some, some months I'll be playing a lot. Other months I'll be playing less. Um, oh, interesting. since, since I'm in the, in, since I've, um, entered the industry, it hasn't really affected my passion for it too much. I would say, um, actually, actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Did you, were you a little worried making your, your I, passion, your job kind of thing? I was actually worried because because um, a lot of people, some people do actually see that go down and see the they they sometimes people feel burnt out depending on where they're working, what they're working on, right. et cetera, and they do see that go down. But I haven't really felt that. It's it's I would say the majority of it's due to the fantastic people I work with and the fantastic stuff we work on. Is that I? Uh, I know Josh I, is I, like I don't, I, I don't, that's yeah. me. He's talking about yeah yeah <laughs> who? Yeah, you should feel proud, Josh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I um I I I don't really feel burnt out that way. Like I played Apex Legends last night. I love Apex. So it's a fucking yeah. awesome game is why it's you so love good. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh what about you, Josh? Gone up, gone down? Mm, it's it it uh I think the only thing about about it, it hasn't really gone up or down in any particular way, but I am a lot more picky about like That's the other or, thing, or, yeah. I, I get well things will come out and I just I see like the time investment it's going to be and I'm like okay 
okay is it Fair. is this gonna be worth my time i try to you know do my side music project a lot in my free time so like if a game is going to take up my time i want to make sure that it's really really worth it i mean i downloaded god of war i'm definitely gonna be playing that this weekend but um yeah i, I i'm pretty picky um about starting up games because i feel like i've played so many that it'll 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 feel like sometimes i'm playing the same game i've already played before wrapped in a different you know uh, you know a different package or something like yeah. that like I, I and I, th- you know, I think the, we talked about Elden Ring, but I, I think one thing I did like about Elden Ring wasn't necessarily, you know, the, you know, whatever the 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 combat or gameplay, but I just I I thought I was like, oh, I think this is going to be a moment for world design, yep. open world design to change, yeah. yeah, in the future, and that's that's exciting to me, like because I, I could say stuff that's every other youtuber has said a million times before about open world games but i i do love those little moments where you have that aha whoa oh wow that's that's different you know and like whenever i played cyberpunk 2077 actually i i i i bought a 3090 i'm like i'm gonna get ready for this and <laughs> i got a new tv set up and everything and even though i we all know what happened there um that was one of those moments too where i felt the graphical leap in fidelity in a way that I hadn't felt in a long time in games. Like I remember Gran Turismo three coming out and that was like, yeah. everybody remembers, remembers yeah, that yeah. being like a, a touchstone. And, you know, whenever cyberpunk 2077 came out, like, you know, I, I know that it, it had its troubles, you know, and all that shit, which sucks. But, um, but man, it, it blew my mind how good it looked like in just the, the, the atmosphere was enough to keep me playing and everything like that. Yeah, I'll just shut but up. But yeah, I'm a little bit picky. I I, uh, I I I played some Cult of the Lamb, but I have this problem where I just don't finish anything. So uh, yeah, I'm very I'm cynical on myself as well. <laughs> yeah, I've I felt like the same thing. I um I'm very I'm a lot more picky and more um akin to valuing uh, novelty. I suppose is what you're speaking to, Josh. And um also I also have the problem of uh, you know, the, the the typical Steam problem of I have like a thousand games and I finished maybe like a handful of them. Cause I just, I, I see a new shiny object and I go play that for like, like 20 hours and then I jump to another thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I, I'm, and people tease me for being unemotional and I guess it is pretty <laughs> true. Um, I don't have any emotional connection to anything I've ever purchased ever. Mm-hmm. So I delete a lot of stuff from my library. I hide a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know what a backlog is because I have no guilt over any prior thing. I do get where people are coming from and I get the idea of, um, I also don't humble bundle. I've never purchased a humble bundle because I don't want all those games. I want one game in that group. (laughs) So to me, humble bundle makes no sense. Even if I, I'll get extra games. I'm like, but those don't enter. I'm not a collector in that way, but I, I definitely hear what you guys are saying because Johnny and I talk with Abzi and, 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 um, and Reg and Silver all the time about this on the podcast because we all have different thought processes for the library. Like some people yeah. really holding on to it. Reg and I don't hold on to anything. Like we can't even, you know, like sometimes remember, we're like, what was that game called? You know, Quiver Boy, like w- horrible names that are, aren't even close yeah. to the title. But then other people remember every single thing. And yeah. um, when it comes to the number of games and being um, unique, I definitely see why people are worried about that, but I personally, this is just me, 
I don't worry because I believe that the number of games coming out is so high that there is chaff for sure. There is a there is some kind of filter you need. But yeah. I feel that we're getting more surprise than I ever got because the entry to get a game made is much lower than it used yeah. to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, mean, I love that. I, like I do too. A lot of indie games. Yeah. yeah. And there's something about it. And and admittedly, you know, I diss on a lot of things, but I've seen some AAA companies take some risks I wasn't expecting in the last couple of years where I'm like, well, I didn't, you know, that's an odd game. Or or EA gets a lot of shit, but EA does a ton of indie support. A, a ton yeah. of indie support. Like we joke, I always tease EA and then I look at like origins or not, or, or yeah. yeah, is that them? Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Well, there's actually a lot of indie games on there that they've supported. So we get all this stuff. We do need a filter, which I definitely uh, agree with, but um, it, it's also this amazing time where Call to the Lamb can come out one week. Yeah. And then an Assassin's Creed. And if you like that, I had one of my friends was like, oh man, it's too big. And I'm like, are we there? Are we really going to complain? Because to me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I'm there yet. I I'm, I don't think I'm quite to the point of complaining about a game a game size yet. It being too big, because I know you you actually seem to love Valhalla from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of tech issues, and I didn't give it a buy um, because of those, and because I mm -hmm. I don't I didn't enjoy the story. I think Odyssey. I really just liked everything that came together. Odyssey's oh, yeah. probably yeah, of the yeah. new ones is like something about it. Um, but I love the voice actor. I'm again, yeah. I'm a voice actor. You can sell oh, me. Oh yeah. Cassandra. Was it Cassandra? It, it, well, character? yeah, but in Valhalla, um, Canute who he plays oh, Canute oh, okay. in last kingdom and he's like, okay. One of my favorite actors of all time. So I, I like, I seen him in that Richard, uh, Schiff who's from West wing is in Valhalla or Ragnarok as well as yeah. Odin. And yeah. he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's mind blowing. And he would have never done it if his son hadn't been in the car when mm -hmm. they called him. Cause he's like, he hates games. He's like, what the fuck's a game? And it, he's like, do you it's know what this of God of war is? And his son's like, dad yeah. say yes, no matter what it is, say you want to be in God of war. And so Richard was like, all right, I'll be in God of war. And it's yeah. without him as Odin. I can tell you, I would have been right less yeah. on it's that It's a game. surreal experience to hear, you know, Toby from Toby, West wing, Toby yeah. from West wing yeah. pop up. I'm like, Oh dude, what? it's so good. They're all good. There are, and that's the other thing is like voice actors can be actor. It's not just voice. I mean, there's sort of a cartel or there used to be a voice actors where I knew even the AI, when I reviewed the last of us using AI, the AI called, um, what's his name from the last of us, Troy Baker, instead of saying Troy yep. Baker played Joel, it said Joel played as Troy Baker. That's how many times we see Troy Baker show up. Mm -hmm. So the ability to see actors come in. And nothing against Troy Baker. What I'm saying is the ability for a, a Richard to go, you know what? I don't quite get it. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna step in and then elevate it to the point to where it's like, oh fuck, we're finally here. Like the, the magic moment happens. Dude, yeah. and it is. Trust me. Like an Obi from Sons of combo. Anarchy is Thor. Yeah. And you're like, holy <laughs> shit, you couldn't have sold you couldn't have more easily sold me two of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. And, and it, it's such a good time. And then you get called to the lamb, which has no voice acting and is just art for yeah. art's sake, where yeah. you're like, what yeah. the hell? This game looks in like, what is going on? It's got such a weird and Jesus Christ, superstar, antichrist, superstar mm -hmm. look to it. You know, it's this satanic <laughs> yeah. and you're like, well, it's a little, a little crunchy at times, but yeah, such a good time. I have, I actually have a question for you. Um, because I, I, I watch your, your reviews and I have been for years and, I guess this is sort of similar to what you asked us, but how many, so two parts here, how many 
games did you review like last year in total? Do you know? Yeah, I can check. Um, was, was it at a hundred or no. was it like, it probably wasn't less, that much, right? Less, yeah. 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 But, but so, I mean, you asked us if we get tired of games, but I mean, <laughs> you're the guy that's like playing them all the time and yeah. you, per, I'm guessing you play most of them to completion, right? Yeah. Or... 99% to completion, unless they can't be completed. You know, you get yeah. football game can't be completed um, so, or a tech issue. How do you keep your passion up for games yourself? Because, I fucking yeah. love games. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, i've noted loved, but, yeah yeah, yeah that, that that's the thing it's like you were talking about all these other negative youtubers out there and i i know negativity drives engagement unfortunately yeah. but mm -hmm. you've never been that way which is pretty admirable dude i love my curiosity for games i was telling johnny a couple weeks ago i was reviewing a game and on a different screen had a different game pl playing and had a magazine <laughs> in front of me how to program games and i was yeah. still trying to find more data i don't think uh, my curiosity for games will ever go away i think it's actually grown to be unacceptably high <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. um but for example you know, the walking the walk for Valhalla took about 200 hours to do because I want to make sure I knew what I was talking about when I talk about Vikings, bog steels and stuff like that. I was like, because right, I, right, right. I don't like the I don't have any issues with the let's talk about world building. I, but mine are more like let's talk about the like, did Ubisoft do a good job with with Vikings? And that's mm -hmm. something nobody does except for maybe a history channel. So I'm like, that'll be cool. And I like to do that. No, dude, it's, it's ne like I, if I could review 100,000 games, I would review a hundred thousand games. Gotcha. I don't, um, I love games, even the games that suck. I love because I've seen people say, and this came up a couple weeks ago with Gotham Knights. People mm -hmm. are like, Gotham Knights is the worst thing ever. It made me cry Omega tears. And I'm sitting <laughs> there going like, then you have played zero games in yeah. 2002. You have played zero games. You should never, ever talk about games again. And it's it's happened prior uh, with other times where I, they're, they're like, this is the worst game I've ever played. And I'm like, well, then you possibly you can't possibly have played very many games because there are truly, truly bad games. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you can't say that, but you should give what I notice is people never they want to hyperbolize everything and they never want to give. Of course, they, they never mm -hmm. want to give a line of understanding. I'm mm -hmm. more like. Of the games I've played, which include blah, 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 this game is worse. Well, then, okay, Th that may, like you right. can garner something from it. Um, I've been negative on games that I think maybe a little too negative at times, and I've been, probably been too positive on games. But I also do believe that you should never do a review unless you know. And I've also seen mm -hmm. people do that where they're like, well, you know. I might change my mind and I'm like, well, then why are you doing a review? Like mm -hmm. if I can't tell you what I think of a game after 40 hours, something's wrong with me, not with you. <laughs> like that's, yeah. uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing, I shouldn't even do a review. And I have no issue with somebody saying impressions because that's yeah. what they're doing. Uh, yeah. There have been games that I haven't been able to beat either. Be, not because of time. That's a sort of a myth. I like to destroy myths, by the way. You'll, you will hear me saying that a lot. Myths about like embargo time for reviews. Nah. Fuck you, man. I played a lot of I played State of Decay 2, which was available two weeks prior to release, and it wasn't a great game. So it's like the idea that you're holding review title times right up until the date because it's a bad game. It's not always true. So yeah. there's certain things I like to sort of debunk as myths. And one of them is also the rush to review. There's been very few games where I've got where I'm not like I can comfortably beat this. What I can say okay. is I'll work weekends. Mm -hmm. That is one thing. Mm -hmm. That I will say I will do where uh, and I'll play uh, normally on a game that I enjoy. I'll play um, 30 hours in a row without stopping. 
like many mm-hmm. times. So I, I just won't go to sleep if I love a game. It's not a review wow. game. I'm just enjoying myself. Star Trek Online, I played for 64 hours because I was really enjoying Star Trek Online. Like then I wouldn't yeah. play it for a month. Um, That's if, what I was going to ask next, actually, was like, um, the I guess the like how do you feel i guess you already answered it but i was i was curious how you feel relaxed having to you know do this for a living and make sure you get a good review out play the whole thing come up with some analysis like i guess if if you're just enjoying yourself the whole time like yeah yeah and i i review it like i'm talking to a friend um one of my friends josh you know i would drop weird peter north jokes to him when he was sitting next to me so <laughs> i just i literally when i record i don't use a script i'm just like sup everybody this character with acg blah, 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 blah. and then i'll mm-hmm. cut out if i go too long but yeah. to me what matters is that even if you don't like it you can learn something from it um i always right. tease alakine's gun or seven days to die console edition which should never have been released some of these games where i'm like this is unacceptable what i get from it is that I have a baseline for what unacceptable truly is. And then Mm -hmm. also because I review on cost, there is no number I have to worry about. So if somebody says, Hey, you rated this an 8.5 and this a nine, what does that mean? Well, there, that's a, that's a valid question. That's a Mm -hmm. valid question. What does that mean? But for me where I'm like, I buy, I also buy every game and I'm going to tell you right now, I know people will try to, this is what I studied consumer psychology. It does matter. Yeah. It does. And yeah, anybody yeah. who tries to tell you it doesn't are trying to really tell you that they don't want to or that they believe that they've fixed it, but neither are mm-hmm. technically true. It does matter. And so when I buy games, I'll buy a code because they I get a code. Right. So I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to buy a code, give it away to a patron. I do think that matters because it's your money. Even if you, so whatever your psychology may be, maybe you hold it under bet more standards because you paid, or maybe Mm-hmm. your money's easy that it comes to you easy and as long as you're sort of consistent on that it's fine and i think that's why my curiosity doesn't go away because i do invest in it i'm not getting right. things for free i when i review headsets for vr i buy them i don't if mm-hmm. they give me a head, reverb yeah. hp gave me a, a headset and i stated i will not review it unless i can give it back i do not right. want you to give me the headset because i want to buy it and they were like okay that works for us Hey, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. they didn't mind. <laughs> I think that's. I think that's what you should do. Um, I think we can all agree that a birthday present feels different than if you buy it yourself. Yeah. Whether it can yes. be less or more, it doesn't really matter as long as you understand it as a human. And consumerism and psychology. My wife's a psychologist. That's what I wanted to be. I I believe that it's vital as gamers that we move forward and sort of understand what worth is because it's easy to get negative if you get things for mm-hmm. free. And I've mm-hmm. talked to people yeah. who have even been like uh, with Gene Park for four, uh, for sorry, Washington post, Gene Park buys every game. And he did after he talked to me, he was like, I get what you're saying. And he's a yeah. Washington post reviewer. And I'm not yeah. even, I'm not saying that's awesome on my part. I'm saying he would, we talked about it and he was like, Oh shit. No, there's like, something to it. There is something to it. Yeah. And I think it does keep my curiosity alive because if I paid $5 for a small game or whatever, it's still five bucks. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at it going like, did I get $5 out of this? And I can tell you mm-hmm. there are games like, an, a, 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 like maybe that I liked that other people didn't where I'm like, you know, I still felt like I got my, yeah, like I got my money well, out of it. Uh, what do you think about Xbox game pass and that, and that if we're going to be on that subject, I think it's fucking amazing. And I also am not a person who worries about 100 years in the future. So right now, the way that they're doing things is phenomenal. I had to scrimp and and do deals with my parents to wash cars to get 60 bucks to buy ghouls and ghosts. Yes. 
yeah. right? By the way, I have a receipt for Ghouls and Ghosts, fifty nine ninety nine. So if people try to tell you prices have changed mm-hmm. or blah, 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 I've got receipts that state they've been <laughs> expensive for a long time. Right. Um, dude, it's awesome. It's awesome because I have bought so many games I wouldn't have got because of Game Pass. I am a, I am a purchaser, by the way. So if I like a game, I worry a little bit. They might remove it. I like the game. My save game is tangible. I, it, it matters. So I'll be like, okay, I'll buy this game because they might remove it. I think Game Pass is phenomenal. And all the developers I've talked to, except yesterday I did see the big news that the guy for GTA said it didn't fit them. And I'm like, right, nothing fits you. You're GTA. Sorry, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's like Facebook guy trying to sell you a, a headset. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't fit them. But yeah. I love it, dude. And I love it because there are games that we have talked about in the podcast where somebody's like, what? Like, I've never even heard of this game. And I'm like, dude, you just, just, it's on Game Pass. Check it yeah. out. And and for now, it's great. I, I do get people's, I don't know what the term would be, worry. Johnny and I have talked about this hundreds of times, like, do you work, but how much worry, right. how much worry should a consumer have? That's another thing. How much worry do we need to carry forward as like a moral versus just like, this is the way it's currently occurring. And I'll say, I'll say this. I think, and I don't have, this is just a hypothesis, but I don't have any data to back it up. But I do think there's a possibility that it's going to influence a lot of developers. Uh, the making of games. Yeah, to not have to feel like they have to cram features into a product just to make it justify, like the price point just yeah. justifiable. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked. I don't have any proof that's occurring, but I, I can sense that you know if they're if someone's going to have the intention of having Microsoft you know pay them to put it on Game Pass and everything like that, then they can be like, okay, let's just streamline these things and make the, make it this good and and not bloat bloat the game with features. I think that's one thing that we see with you know, sixty, $70, $70 titles now, um, is there's this pressure on developers to really, really make it worth that. And yeah. The buffet gameplay, of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of, uh, I think that'll be very good for games, uh, you know, uh, to, cause I like, like, for example, my favorite game of like a couple years ago was Hades. I played the shit out of it <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and, uh, it was what a $15 game. And I got so many hours of entertainment right. out of it. And it's not a bloated game. It just <laughs> someone nope. says it's not very long, but has a lot of girth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Girth is what uh, matters. Yeah. So, but like, uh, it's it um yeah it, it it's a very streamlined experience. It does a handful of things very well, and it has replayability and everything like that. Mm. And, and so, I don't know. I I think as a de- developer and consumer, I appreciate games that are just doing the thing that they need to do a lot more these days well i talked about it in a a game i reviewed i'm not even going to mention the title it wasn't a bad game but i I was stating that um it is like the some games are like the biggest buffet ever where everybody forgot the salt so you get (laughs) 45 versions of chicken and a lot of people were responding going like holy shit i actually get what you're like that is exactly what these games are now and you get games that do it well and you get games that um, that it just feels like it's there. And then you get games that are surprisingly nuanced in their ideas that don't necessarily come perfectly together. For example, the Nemesis system in Shadow of War. However, the one problem I do have with these fucking companies is that they patent everything. And those bastards patented the Nemesis system. 
I didn't realize that. Yes. So Ubisoft had cultists in one of their games. They had each each of their game has this group of people that you go and investigate. Odyssey, Origins, and Valhalla. All and it was a, yeah, I remember that. It was similar to the cult system. And the, they had to system. they had to watch out. That bothers me. This patented mm -hmm. bullshit, that bothers me. That is um every play ever written uses the word the. You don't patent the word the. And that yeah. really yeah. infuriates me because that idea was Nemesis system was like, okay, imagine a racing game where this is to the nth degree where you have these different racers and you bumped into them a couple times and companies have tried, but they actually have to steer clear of this, of this actual patent. And they've told me verb those words. They're like, we had to make sure we didn't do this and this and this and this, because this patent is so wide that it encompasses pretty much any uh, antagonist system. That kind of stuff, when you see me uh, get mad, I won't usually get yeah. mad at a game, mostly. Yeah. But what I will get mad at is when companies try to... You fucked up because you failed <laughs> yeah. the you failed actual gaming by doing that. You didn't just protect yourself because guess what? Where's the next Shadow of War? There isn't one. Because mm. you guys also fucked up and put a bunch of microtransactions in your last game. And your last game had so many issues, people basically had to buy their way into, and the Nemesis system was in there. So you failed everybody. Your second yeah. game wasn't as good, and you had the Nemesis system in there, and you're stopping other people from moving that forward. That kind of stuff is what will, you, it's one of the few times where you'll see me get really hot on something is when you see a company artificially hold something back and you're just like i don't yeah. get i don't get it why would you ever think that was a good idea because if your competitor you do, if your competitor does a good job with something then you can go wow i wasn't even thinking about that yeah. now we can yeah. do but it's it's this it really is this feeling of inadequacy you can tell from these companies they feel yeah, it's th a, there's a worry it's of a, inadequacy it's it's weird because it's like a genre convention like like you wouldn't do that with a song or exactly. music, you know? Can you yeah. imagine f fucking IPing a, like a, a certain kind of, you know, trap beat or something? You'd be like, what? <laughs> now, of course you can say that you're copying somebody if it's all the same, but music is infinite variables. It's math. Like, and the mm. same thing goes yeah. for games. You can, you could say, I'm going to copy the nemesis system perfectly, but if it's in your game, it's already different because your enemies are different. Their setups are different. Your status effects might be different. But instead, you, you, the, the big, I mean, I'm not even a big company hater, but in that particular element, I very much am where I'm very sad that that idea was, uh, was effectively neutered where we could have seen Gotham Knights, for instance, a game I don't hate, but I didn't love. We could have seen Gotham Knights try something like, you know, because yeah. who knows if they were, they're like, Hey, we can't do Batman perfectly, but you know what? Let's have some street thugs get stronger. Yeah. As we defeat yeah. him, what if what if Batgirl defeats a, a thug in a certain way to where it's harder for Batgirl to fight him the next time? So mm -hmm. now Nightwing is the character we switch to. Then you have engaged gamers into the idea of flexibly adjusting the way they play so that yeah. they are in they're invested in different characters instead of saying, I only like Nightwing. You could say, well, I like Nightwing, but Red Hood's got to take this fucker on because Nightwing beat him up and lost. And now he knows <laughs> how to fight. And instead, they're just like, no, we're going to. We're gonna I, we're gonna IP. Uh, sorry, I'm just gonna go off on this for an hour. I mean, it, 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 it was a it was a great system. That's it, for sure. It, it was it was, and 
Yeah, it's, the idea is awesome. Yeah. The ability yeah. to make to make stories on the fly like that are fantastic mm -hmm. and have player involvement. And we do see that, right, with the organic story. I mean, I see I, I'll never bitch about a lot of Ubisoft games because regardless of, you know, towers, Jesus, or whatever they may do, there is a lot of times where I'll be talking to a friend and I'll be like, Did you remember this tower and Far Cry Primal, and they're like, "Yeah, the guy with the guy pees on your head when you're trying to attack him." And I'm like, "Yeah," and then <laughs> we remember it forever. And, and yeah. there's something awesome about that. It's almost like telling a friend about a good book. You're like, "Dude, when that guy died," you're like I know. And mm -hmm. then when you're playing a game, sometimes that guy didn't die, and there's something magical. And that's why my curiosity will probably never go away because there's something magical where maybe you and I got to the end of the game and saw that last cutscene, but the way that we got there and who we befriended is different. And, mm -hmm. and it also leads to games not being as good too. I will say that I've had, uh, I say it in my reviews where I'm like, listen, if you hit these story beats wrong, which can happen, this game's yeah. going to suck. You're going to, mm -hmm. for example, God of War Ragnarok is that way. There's a center part that is very slow. And if you hit it a certain way, you're going to, and I already have in my discord, people are like, whoa, this is glacial. And I'm like, whoops, they hit it. They, they went on this one side quest Mm -hmm. Which takes just a little. So you get that, but still, there. I, I'm I'm okay with that threat. I'm okay with that that risk. There was this one point when I was playing the first God of War, uh, where there was a little bit of I, I. It was as perfectly as it was done. There was a little bit of this Ludo narrative dissonance moment, yeah. Where um, Atreus, that's the name of the kid, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yep. yeah. He found out that he was a god, and he started to get cocky. And, you know, he was going through that, like that little moment where he started getting like really cocky and yeah. assholeish for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And then I went on a side quest and he was a normal again for that side quest. Ooh, <laughs> you oh, know? No. dude, really? Oh. I never even he, thought about that. Yeah. He that was just like, so chill. he was back to being kind of chill. <laughs> and then I went back to the main story. He was back to being a cocky asshole the, for a little the, bit. Dude, that's <laughs> blowing my mind because I never thought about that. That could happen. By the way, I don't want to hold you guys too long. Are you good for time? Yeah, we're good. Oh, we're so good. one another thing I want to talk about with AI, um, I'm I've, uh, I'm a big fan of Halo AI. I think most people are. You you get fake AI and real AI. You have like Fear, which has good fake AI. You have Halo, which has good AI. Then you get Ubisoft games where you're throwing rocks at their heads and they they say it's the wind. I will say that is one place where I'm hoping we see some really good improvements is AI. We see it in Ragnarok where a lot of the bad guys are monsters because that's easier to have a dumb monster than a dumb <laughs> yeah. human and uh and and it, it pays off and i by the way i'm probably going to replay god of war now because of what you just said i got to swing back to that what you just said <laughs> i didn't pick up on that and now i'm so interested in it my brain is thinking about that idea do you remember the quest real quick do you remember was it about halfway through god of war that this happened i think so okay yeah, that's, okay that because that's that was at that turning point where he finds out that he's a god and okay things start to that's, pick up a that's little bit. that's invigorating to me because i love to go back and see that kind of stuff and be like holy shit that happened but what i was saying about ai is you get that dissonance as well um ubisoft games in particular i guess it was the wind and you're like dude come on like i'm standing right here i just shipped five of your friends and they're dead in front of you what are you doing i am really excited about ai and how they might change that up. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to play a game that I think comes very close. And it's by developers that this is expected. Weird <laughs> West. 
Did you guys play Weird West? Uh, no, but I know someone who worked on it. Yeah, I, I, I have not played it, but I actually met the guy who did the sound design for it. Dude. By the way, speaking of sound design, some of the best menu sounds. Oh, my The God. satisfaction. Yes, the satisfaction. like move a ro- oh, oh, palpable. It's, dude, orgasmic, man. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little, yeah. we're getting a little weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's, uh, here's, uh, I'll make sure to let him know that y'all like it. Yeah, <laughs> here's why Weird West oh, rocks. The patrols for the enemies are not only super long, like 10, 20 minutes, meaning that they don't just go in a circle. They move around. They're like but if you open stuff. a door, they'll go in and investigate the door and then change the entire patrol route. And you can lock them in rooms. You know, you can do all this crazy stuff. And the it felt I was paying attention. Where I'm going to be honest, man, I like a lot of games from a lot of companies. 99% I'm not paying attention because it's very easy to game the AI. You just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're like rock over there, go over here. And dude, it's almost like a verbal contract it, with the devs of, like, of lying to yourself, listen, right? I yeah, get it. Like I'm going to lie to myself. Yeah. An expectation that the guards are going to behave in a certain way. Right. And if they don't, if they're suddenly smarter or more human than that, you're thrown off like, whoa, what but, is this? No. But in a good way, West Wing, I was, West yeah. Wing, sorry, <laughs> Weird West, <laughs> I was yeah. thrown off in one of those, ex- I remember it was about nine at night, two days prior to the review, mm-hmm. and I was getting ready for bed, and then it was nine at night the next night, and I hadn't turned it off, because I noticed this, and I was like, well, fuck that, I'm not going to sleep. Like, this is awesome, because I was, I'm, I'm, it, 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 yes, and it caused me to test it for hours, going like, shut the door and they can't and lock it and throw away the key and they can't get out. I'm like, this is the greatest thing of all time. Why has nobody thought it? And of course it's arcane, you know, one of the arcane founders. Um, right. So they know their shit, right? We've obviously mm-hmm. we've seen them do this. Something thief failed at um, as well. Thief 2014 failed at that. But I think AI is coming along to where they'll still be gamified, which is fine. Um, it makes a gamer p- feel powerful and otherwise it could mm-hmm. be really difficult if you had the AI just doggedly after you for 24 hours, you'd be like, dude, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> like, Leave me alone. <laughs> um, but I, I think that is one of the things I'm really excited about mm. as well is where AI, um, and I don't mean artificial intelligence online, but I mean in the games where these mm-hmm. guys are starting yeah. to do things because uh, Halo, I still remember the first time I played Halo and really understanding what these characters were doing. You could get some to retreat and it felt so good because yep. they'd be like, the devil is here. The devil is yeah. here. And you're like, you're <laughs> right, bitch. I'm here. And you felt <laughs> monstrous. You felt you were like, I am the bad guy yeah. to them. And that's why it sold. So, that's why that AI sold itself so well. And we've we've seen some small adjustments here or there, but yeah. I'm really excited for for AI to see some still gamified but see some improvements right. in their interactivity. and I think right. introducing little human elements to it, because some people tend to think good AI means they're just good at killing you. But that's yeah. not necessary because not, you could yeah. give AI perfect information of where you are and they'll just Look at you, Alien Isolation, right? right, Johnny? Alien Isolation exactly. has two AIs. And they one of the to, AIs lies to the other AI and says where the human is, and it's lying. It gives them perfect yeah. information. So I thought that was ingenious human, when I read that. I was is. just like, that's... Wow. I yes. That. Yeah, yeah, so it's got two that. AIs. That's awesome. One AI knows yeah. where the human is all the time and lies to the alien AI so that it hints. <laughs> and the alien AI is consistently guessing if it's right or not. And the Whoa, same yeah. thing happened in fear. Uh, A lot of people think fear's AI is good. It's actually quite terrible. But what the AI does in fear that no mm. one expected is the AI will make a choice in fear and then prior to moving 
will tell another AI what it's going to do, and that AI will then suggest the move oh. verbally. So you'll hear a guy say, flank him. It's already chosen to flank him. It said, I'm going to flank, tells the other AI that they're going to do it. Then that AI says it out loud, making oh. you feel like teamwork has occurred. It is ingenious. As in yeah, like that's a, cool. That's interesting. Yeah. And I was just reading it going like, dude, that's right. Because I'm doing a video right now called a lie a little to, to, to basically it's about like lying a little to the gamer and we'll eat it up. You just have to lie a little bit to a gamer. Mm -hmm. You don't have to prove everything. And I think that that shows right there that a little mm. bit of lie goes a long ways to feeling the softness where yeah. sometimes you get AI that doesn't feel soft. It feels very, like very restricted and very rigid. Yeah, that, that's and, that's fascinating. Now yeah. I want to play Alien Isolation. Yeah. I've been, I've been uh -huh. sleeping on that one for a while. Man, it's been forever since yeah. I played that. It, I got to go back. Now. It's it's such an intelligent way of doing. And we know AI. That's one of the reasons what Johnny was saying. We because he and I are both chess fans and stuff like that. You know, AI can mm. see everything. So what do you do? And some a some AIs like script it. Some AIs have you know various different like strategies that they employ. But the yeah. idea of lying to your Imperfect information, imperfect right? information and yeah. lying to the other one and, and is just like oh that makes it is sense. fascinating perfect sense the other stuff too is like the fact that the guard recognizes charlie who is now unconscious on the ground and you know like has some kind of specific reaction to that that'd be cool they live well because, or not they live the last of us does that every animal yeah. and right? person has a name yeah. Yeah, yep. and you notice that a lot because all of a sudden there's whoa, okay. Where's Johnny? I, Johnny, where are you? <laughs> I like, took uh, down I took down one of their guys. You know, it kind of mm -hmm. sinks. I think that's a that's a really big deal. Yeah, like human stuff. Or like, oh, that guy had to go take a piss to and he broke his patrol because of like, you know, small yeah, yeah, little yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, random yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. I, I think also you guys have a different style of game with Borderlands where, you know, it, it you're also looking at levels, all this kind of stuff, as well as weapons that they may have. But I think that I think that people get caught up to and wanting better AI for everything. And I yeah. actually don't agree with that also. So, for example, God of War, a lot of them are monsters and your bosses are usually the valkyries or or something humanly intelligent and i'm that i buy on that i'm like okay i get it and in fact if you look at history myths you know the great heroes did fight a bunch of monsters so to me i'm just like uh yeah. fits perfectly for that game borderlands it fits perfectly that some enemies psychos, are going to be smart right? some are yeah. going to be psychos some are going to be the dogs or whatever you know like for where they're not super intelligent and you're going to get these kind of things i also want to make sure that companies don't try to put too much into their AI, because then you can get that game where you're like, I mean, even a why small is this amount. Dog, yeah. Why like, is this? I mean, dogs are smart out, though, technically. Smarting, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. if it's a bloodhound, you're screwed, right? Like, no matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, yeah, I I, I want to make sure people listening don't think I, I want that for everything, but um, yeah. because I don't. I think, in fact, that could make it terrible. A game like Borderlands mm. isn't built on that. A game like Borderlands, it, I think, way, is communal killing. You could. You yeah, could it's, use it's that mob, to yeah. build. Yeah. 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 Go you ahead, Johnny. You I'm could sorry. use that to build contrast because what if, you know, a lot of your enemies that you're facing are psychos or whatever, but then when you, you know, you run into that one smart son of a gun that's like outmaneuvering you and stuff, that stands out. And that's yeah. a memorable yeah. team fight or like fight right there. And I think it stands out i was talking when i did the walking the walk for mad max i was trying to explain to people why I, I think mad max is one of the best games i've ever played 
And I was explaining that in Mad Max, you start out as the victim. You know, you can get, but by the end of that game, I was literally waiting on the sand dunes in my car for bad guys to show up so I could hunt them down. I had become the hunter. And that is, in some games, that happens, but a lot of times you're going into bases to do that. And this, I was literally waiting. I was like, I was the one waiting, which in most games, the enemy's waiting. You're doing the hunting thing again. I, you yeah, were glassing. And yeah, I was glassing. I was scoping. <laughs> yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah. When I said that, yeah. I remember your eyes going like, "Dude, that's a perfect term." But that is what you're doing: is you're glassing the the hill for that enemy, and um, you get the AI that does shake it up a little bit. And there's such a good feeling when a game hits just right, and you get that enemy. And and we talked about this with God of War. I think Ragnarok. One big problem with Ragnarok that a lot of games have is that you can tell when a boss battle is going to happen because you go into a bull depression. You always know. It's, yeah. it's a yeah, yeah. circular. Yeah. Devil may cry. You're like, dude, four tunnels are meeting in one place. Bad are guys walking, incoming. Are you and, walking and, to a room and there's like suddenly like, oh, a ton oh, the, of health and ammo. Oh, oh dude. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Whenever you there's a door and there's a bunch of ammo, you're or, like, or seriously. Save Chris, a save Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, all right, guys. Uh, you know what's funny? Okay. Some game developers have gone the way of of trying to shake that up and um remnant yeah. uh remnant uh what of, was the that? Ashes. of the ashes, which I, I wasn't yeah. a fan of, but because of the randomness they had, sometimes there wouldn't be health updates in some mm-hmm. places. And I actually thought that was pretty cool. You would go in and you'd be like, haha, oh yeah. shit. And it would be, you know, a, a major battle and you'd be like, we're screwed. You know, we weren't, I, I think switching it up is cool too. Like, mm-hmm. I, I also think that um, one of the games that's pushing things forward is Hitman, Hitman 3 mm-hmm. in particular. Mm-hmm. Hitman 3's new uh, freelancer mode is, to see that be mm-hmm. free th- is so unbelievable to me. Like, the idea of what the they've done with- style Dude, edition? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You book flights. You like Oh really? Dude, have you you haven't seen go check out nah. what they've done with Freelancer. It is mind blowing. Hmm. It is basically it's... taking all the levels from all the games, assigning factions, and having you have your own home base as the hitman with your own rooms, all this shit. Whoa. Going to different places, having to find different people. They have new characters on all the levels selling weapons or items. They have it's it's a roguelike, and if you die, you go back. And you lose, I think, half of your stuff, but you still, you still have your whatever. Your, you've gone, you've killed your third guy. He's still going to be dead. There's twelve total you need to kill, but they've adjust, and it's all free. It's a completely new game. It's Whoa. it plays like nothing that Hitman plays prior. It's it's mind numbing, and it it shows what incredible. maybe they might do for their next game, which is what we had mm-hmm. talked about. Because I think Hitman's one big issue is you can spend so much time in Hitman with exclusive contracts taking out Nick Nolte or no Gary Busey, taking out Gary Busey, <laughs> all this kind of crazy <laughs> shit that the story's narrative can be a little loose. You're like, mm. eh, you know, I'm I'm going to this winery and taking out where you don't really need to do that. And freelancer mode as being free as well shows, you know that that you can do that. I mean, freelancer, you guys got to remember Hitman's the only game I've ever seen ever where when the third game came out, you could take the weapons from the third game back into the first and second game. Like they patched it. Yeah. They post patched it. So you could take all your shit. That's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was just like, and, and that's, I'm glad they're not with who they were um, for publishing now, because I think that that's also a big plus. I think it allows for Mm -hmm. them to sort of, you know, there's certain publishers that aren't the greatest. And I think that shows, 
like what we can see in games now, almost like the nemesis system where you see these right. kind of things popping up. We're just like, dude, this is going to be fucking wicked. Like, yeah, but uh, to get back onto your stuff before we, before we wrap this up, Johnny, do you have any questions? Cause I want to ask these guys one thing. I want to hit you with one question that kind of, uh, I was thinking about as we were talking, it kind of seems to me, there are like three pillars to audio in a game. Um, Kind of like in university, you know, like how you could only focus, you had three things, you had health, socializing or partying mm -hmm. and studying. <laughs> yeah, right. You could only focus Sometimes in two studying. out of the three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could, but you could only do two. So if you're out partying at night and you're studying, your health is shit. You're not getting sleep. You know, you're not working out anyway. You, so you can juggle that. Right. But in a game, you kind of have like VO special effects and OST. And he, like how you juggle those three, you kind of have to be smart about it. You can't pump gas on all three at the same time, right? If you're playing Borderlands and there's banter and shots, you can't, you're not going to have oh, a, parsing like a, a, it might be difficult. You're, you, yeah, you're not going to have like a Hans Zimmer theme with a yeah, delicate right. melody playing like it's, you know, when you're playing Ori in the blind forest, mm. the music takes the, the protagonism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there isn't a VO happening. It's the music and the moment. Is so how do you think about in a game like Borderlands where there's so much, you know, chatter and, and, and banter and shots the whole time? How do you think about including music in that? Is it really kind of a backdrop? Is that its natural place? You know, how do you find question. moments to elevate that? Oh, man, that's been a contentious mix sort of back and forth for forever um because in like borderlands 2 the the music was pretty hot and i i mean loud uh, yeah is what i mean right yeah, uh, yeah but yeah like a um and and there was a lot of dialogue and um you know we use ducking for dialogue like mm -hmm. duck everything whenever dialogue comes in but at the same time we kind of still run into the problem and we're you know we know these these issues exist and we want to improve them and uh, all the time you know but uh but it's it, we've gone back and forth with you know production design and everything like that uh, on how to make that better and make it more clear because um you the human mind can only absorb so much information right. at once yeah uh, you know and so like sometimes i know that in borderlands 2 especially um because we didn't our, we didn't have as much of a dynamic mix system in that game. We have a lot more of a dynamic mix system now, and we keep on improving dynamic mixing. Um, but in Borderlands 2, you would lose a lot of, you would miss, you could easily miss a lot of story beats because, mm. you know, uh, all of a sudden a line of dialogue gets triggered while you ran over into a skag den and started like shooting a bunch of animals or, you know, skags. And, and now the mix is just all over the place. And even if, even if you could like, even if the intelligibility of the audio was really good, your brain isn't processing it right. because you're, you're, you, you can't mind juggle that many things. Yep. So I think it, it comes down to designing, you know, designing missions a little bit differently mm -hmm. with narrative in mind. It goes kind of back to that communication thing that I was saying earlier on with production. Like they're, they're, they're whenever we were working on Borderlands one and two, it was a lot more of uh, the wild, wild west of development back then. Um, okay. It was like design was over here doing this thing and we knew about it. We would, you know, we would, we knew about it kind of, you know, there's only like three of us. So like 
and there's like 50 of them. <laughs> and so like, you know, the, there was a whole lot of, uh, mis like lack of communication channels and stuff. Uh, we, but we've gotten a lot better and we get better every day about trying to be a lot more deliberate about when you hear something or when something mm. might be heard. Um, in a sandboxy game like Borderlands, the player can go anywhere and do anything. So we're, we now have a lot more mind share on those things uh, than we used to, where it's like, okay, this could be a, a narrative beat up here. Let's not have a piece of dialogue play at this moment, but maybe right here instead, you know, or, or, oh, actually like this would be a good time to maybe pump up the music or, you know, so we're a lot more deliberate than we than we were back in the day and it all comes down to mixing and and creating better dynamic mix systems and stuff like that um i wish i could talk more about that right now but in the future maybe okay uh, okay um uh brandon do you have anything to add to that yeah that? um in addition to obviously the dynamic mix system and uh communication amongst um the three different the, the three main elements there being super important for particular moments um just as a designer um I find myself uh, when testing particular pieces of content or systems um, thinking about like, okay, well, what needs to be in, in the forefront here? Like, um, does, is this a musical moment? Is this like a, a moment where, um, you know, you, you need to get like a really crucial piece of dialogue or story um, to the player. So um, your design itself, uh, depending on like whether or not it's, part of like a larger system or more like moment specific um you tend to either um punch that up with like more character or try to make it like fade into the background uh, you you really have to like focus on um how like how hard or soft you need to sell something so that you don't take away from any of those other elements so it is kind of like a delicate uh dance and you don't and all the time uh, you don't all the time get to um uh particularly take that into account especially if you're doing like something like i don't know uh guns or gu guns or whatnot because you know people are shooting stuff all the time but maybe you get to do like uh uh maybe like third person guns from other enemies um they they, they don't get um they don't get all like the little cool little bits that you the player gets because you want to sound cool you don't want to hear everyone else um getting the cool guns you want the cool guns i and we've also we've um we've been doing new like we've been doing style guides a lot more uh yeah. the past few years and um we basically have like a scale of like how soft or how how a designer should design a sound oh like, okay this, gotcha. this needs to be it's like does this like what, what's the scale brandon it's like soft yeah. to bombastic or something oh yeah like yeah that, it or, was yeah it was like in basically an intensity scale or yeah yeah something like um uh reserved to bombastic something like that <laughs> yeah, because yeah. As, as sound designers, like uh, going back, like you always wanted to make sure that every sound was as special as possible. But like, right. you, need, you need to actually think like, no, think about this. <laughs> you know, does, does uh, placing down a bag of sa uh, sand on the table, does that need to be as right to be like? Yeah, you know, like bombastic you know. is quite literally the worst word I've ever yeah. heard. That's why I got into reviewing <laughs> that word. Is why I got into reviewing. It that is. would be the single descriptor. It would for be the sound for music. In a yeah. I I remember yeah. reading a particular website and they were like, the music is bombastic, and I was like, fuck you, I'm reviewing this game. <laughs> and that's how I started reviewing. I was like, you dude, the guy worked his ass off, and your exact mm -hmm. words are bombastic. Like seriously, you couldn't have yeah. talked about an instrument or anything like come on man that guy worked his butt off so that's yeah that's, that is quite literally the word that got me into reviewing um the first time the first time actually i 
had heard of you was your Battleborn review and someone sent it around at the office and he and it actually it was like this guy is like the first guy who actually like reviewed audio like that we've heard and yeah. he wasn't just he wasn't just half-assing it he was yeah. actually talking about the audio systems and stuff like that and i was like oh wow so you know my respect for Battleborn. <laughs> mm, i like that game why Ripped. i like that game Ripped. Oh, rip so much. I really enjoyed that game. It wasn't great. It's just I really had a good time with yeah, that game. Fun. Oh, man. Um, talking about uh, like when you look at uh, balancing and stuff for music, I, especially when you were talking about audio, I, I, I got to give a kudo to Ragnarok in one thing that they do. And I wish more games would do this. And I know it's difficult because it costs vo voiceover isn't cheap. But if you walk away from a character when they're talking, they'll be like, dude, what? Why are you walking away? And then you get close yeah. and they're like, as I was saying, and I'm all, <laughs> ah, that's awesome. And, uh, does Ragnarok do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I was, awesome. the dwarf does it a couple times when you walk away from the dwarf, you'd be like, uh, dude. And yeah, I just was like, that's exactly what that's needs cool. to happen. That's you know, fantastic. admittedly yeah, yeah, yeah. understand that, you know, you are like, I was talking to Hitman, uh, 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 Bateson, uh, who voices Hitman. And I was talking to him about how difficult it is to do voiceovers and how much money it, you know, they don't have a lot of time for that. But those little things, again, I was talking about things joining up, mattering. And that yeah. little bit Huge. fit because the dwarves are, are bastards anyway. They're both really. Mm -hmm they're both really Sassy. casually sarcastic yeah. and yeah. so the idea of him being like seriously i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> it, it, because it joined everything together and i was just like this is perfect but the the great thing about seeing all this kind of stuff like come together and we're starting to see it even more now is that i personally one of the things that i used to like is so you buy your ost and we know especially after talking to uh, Austin Winter, I now know how difficult an OST is versus the game soundtrack because they're not the same. OST oh. can trigger, or sorry, uh, OST doesn't trigger, it's your track, where a game audio can trigger. And he was telling me all these yeah. secrets he had done. For example, Syndicate, he has one track where if a character has died and you're playing that level, the chick isn't singing. And if she ha she's alive, she is singing. And I was just like, That's wait, what awesome. the fuck are you talking about? Like, That's And cool. he didn't tell anybody that. That's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when somebody's like, why'd you do that? cuz and that's it <laughs> there's you just cuz so we're getting to this time where we're starting to see music pop up in review uh, in awards shows as well mm -hmm. and obviously you get the big winners which we've seen before whether it be like a jack wall or, or, or even kid has obviously won multiple other people but what i like is call of duty has always been mentioned as having really good audio. And admittedly i can say yeah it does have really good audio but there are other games out there that aren't as bombastic there we go. that have very good audio and I hate that word i fucking hate <laughs> it i didn't even like saying it as a joke but <laughs> what's great is we're starting to see people take um for example it takes two uh had good uh, some good sound effects especially out in the woods and hearing the you know mm -hmm. the, the the animals and stuff grounded which i admittedly have not spent a ton of time in but grounded has some very good environmental audio and, and I, all the creatures that's sorry that's what i meant yeah scary. Oh, oh yeah yeah there's some it's that are very well done. right yeah there's some good there's an anti-spider setting in there for a reason <laughs> when you, <laughs> you know? hear something in the back brush yeah. that's coming for you're like Shit. it's just it's yeah. such a cool time because like i was saying you got tempest on the ps3 or ps5 and you of course your pcs have all these sound cards but we're starting to get all these things that matter where it's not going to just be the big games that win it, it, you guys are big game too obviously borderlands but 
what I think is cool is we're starting to see people pay attention to like that environmental sound and how it matters all and yeah. in storytelling, by the way, too, because if you have a, 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 a moment where you're near a pond and you're hearing the birds, blah, 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 that when you don't hear the birds, that's scary. Just like in real life. If you, if you're out in the woods and suddenly yeah. you can't hear yeah. anything, you're like, Sasquatch, I'm dead for sure. <laughs> There's a UFO coming. There's something. And it's, it's such a cool time that we're getting all of these things in that I wanted to ask you guys, have you, and I know you're saying you didn't get to play a lot of games. Environmental audio though, is a huge deal to me. Have you guys ever noticed it in a game so far? Has there ever been a time, even, um, it can be a Ragnarok or something, but I mean, even in a smaller game, have you guys ever, uh, ghost of Tsushima? Oh, Ooh. dude. Perfect example. Damn. Yeah. That's the gonna, end of my question. That was a good answer. <laughs> go ahead. Brian. I'm going to go for mic um, drop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. We're done. I'm, I'm going to go for a horror game. Um, I really like how like the subtle creaks of the house in like Resident Evil seven, like uh, just yeah. set you off. Like mm, even absolutely. when they're just like subverting your expectations, like there, there might be a killer on the door. Like might a, a, be. It might be around the corner. You don't yeah. know, but like you're just hearing this creaking. And I'm like, oh man, the, the Foley team. And that's why I love really seeing more games. Here. Yeah. Offer the, you know, different dynamics for sound. Oh, dude. Thank God. That's right. So huge. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I know some people still don't kind of understand, but so people understand what we're saying. The difference between the, the loud and the quiet mm -hmm. make that broader so that it is a contrast when you're out mm -hmm. in the wild mm -hmm. and there's no sound and it's, it's eerie, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Versus when something bombastic is going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah, dude. It's uh, <laughs> uh, people just don't get it when when you have everything set up and you, I, I had forgot about Ghost. Jesus, Ghost was good. Yeah. Anyway, oh, with the wind, the leaves, dude, right? The whole yes, and like in a game, let's say a shooter game, grenade goes off and you get, you know, mm -hmm. you get that yeah, whistle. The Dude, there's something so good about it because when that audio filters back in and it, and it works perfectly with like your vision unblurring in, in a shooter game or something like that, if you get it just right, or the zip of a bullet in Arma, I'm a huge Arma fan. It's probably my favorite shooter of all time. And I was playing Arma 3 and a bullet zipped from my left to my right shoulder. And I was in real life ducking, just being like, what the <laughs> fuck? Because I wasn't expecting, I never saw the enemy. It was, and it's that zap. And if you've ever been shot at or shotguns and you hear a bullet accidentally or on purpose go whizzing mm -hmm. past you, it is not like the move. It's not anything like the gun. It does have a B. It's like an angriest B you could ever imagine zipping past you. Yeah. And hearing that in a game and getting these games finally to this level. And then again, like Johnny said, finally seeing companies say, Hey, you know what? You, uh, I'm probably pronouncing the word wrong, but azimuth, the, the degree, the, uh, the angle of yeah. the speakers, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. finally getting the ability because we all, many of us do have back speakers. And if you can't adjust that, you can have some really weird effects going on where you're like, dude, it needs to be much more narrow for my system or much, you know, or what have you get starting to see these companies and, and kudos to Sony again for what they've been doing and, and, and putting stuff where it matters for audio, because we're now getting almost everybody I know has a DAC. Almost mm -hmm. everybody I know I run tubes, but I, I also have a digital, but you've got these people with all these different headsets. People are starting to get more into headsets, more into home theater and then TVs. What we have seen for so many years is bro. I got a 60 inch TV. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, what are you running? Oh, I just run the 
television speakers. And you're like, oh, yeah, no. fuck, what do you do? <laughs> what? And yeah. now we're getting these things where people, I, like when I talk to somebody about audio and I see somebody's face light up, I personally believe that one of the biggest areas for growth in games is audio fans. As in, yes, there are some fans now, but you fuckers have no idea what until you have a, a system, not even an expensive one, but until you put some yeah, headphones yeah. on or you have even 4.1s or the Nura. I'm, I'm not sponsored by them. You, but I'm telling you have you. a little badge like yeah, a salesperson. Nura. Um, yeah. it, when you actually get to hear it, I think there are more people who will find stuff in games they never expected. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. yeah. Thief 3, I remember playing that. And in Thief 3, uh, reading about the cradle level where they had slowed down the heartbeat of the of the the entire house is alive. So what they mm -hmm. did was they recorded a heartbeat and then slowed it to the point to where you can't tell it's a heartbeat, but it yeah. is, it's there to a human. There's something going on, but it's just discordant. It's uncomfortable. And the first time I heard like rats scratching along the floor or whatever. And it's not like Johnny said, where they don't, aren't worried about your, your dynamic range where it's just sort of mm -hmm. on top of it. But now you've got these where people are like, no, this matters because if you hear this, for example, I was doing Dying Light 2 and I was in Metal Girders. And if anybody's ever worked around metal, metal makes so much sound. It is one of the most uncomfortable experiences. I hold steel for years mm -hmm. and you can hear metal go like, and it'll, it'll stress and move under heat. And I was playing Dying Light 2 and I was up on a girder and I heard that and I was like, oh, fuck, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. We have so many people who are fans of audio that don't know it. I, I truly do believe that that's one of the biggest places because TVs are just now starting to sort of figure it mm -hmm. out and they're sort of making it a little bit more important. HDR has become its thing. I can't wait until, I don't know if they'll sell them. You, you can probably you really selling sound systems with your TV is really confusing to people, but I just can't wait until it gets easier and easier. We start getting good sounds to where people yeah. can experience and go, Oh, now yeah. I get why Thief is so scary. Because Alien Isolation is not scary if you have no sound. Or it is, yeah, but yeah. it's nowhere near as <laughs> yeah. scary as yeah. if you have sound and you hear water dripping and you're like, is that like saliva from this thing? What yeah. is happening? And your brain, there's so many levels that are well beyond the visual spectrum. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm excited That's, for that shit, man. Sorry. What I what I tell people yeah, what I tell people like uh, when it comes to like investing in a better setup, it's like I think you could start with headphones. I'm I like headphones, but I personally prefer yeah, speakers. Me too, you know, right? um, yeah. but I always say like you don't have to worry about buying everything at once, but start with a good stereo pair, just yep. with that you really like. And there's lots of good brand. I think Klipsch is. A, I'm not sponsored by them, but Klipsch is a pretty good brand and affordable. Oh, you know, they're bang for the buck. I'll say that. Like, mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, but yeah, a stereo pair, and then you can add on stuff later, like if you want. But the biggest difference, because I have a i I have a Atmos seven point two yeah uh, point four setup, and sometimes I'll just turn it off, like just to listen to the stereo pair, and that's the thing that makes the biggest difference. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's the thing that's carrying the room. Um, it so, gets you most of the way, doesn't yeah, it? Exactly, and then the rest is bonus. You know, like. As when I got Atmos, I thought it was going to be a lot more transformative. Right. Yeah, I got absolutely agreed. Yeah. Um. It, but it, it is nice, but it's like a nice to have. It just envelops the sound around you right. a little more. Yeah. You know, because yeah. those speakers aren't doing a lot. They're really quiet. They're. Yep. It's just a lot of 
extra, a little extra. Um, and you will get more positional information, which is good. It, and it's especially good in a game. You'll hear an enemy behind you, yeah, but, cool. um, but what's carrying, what's carrying it is still the stereo pair and your sub at the end of the day. You don't really even need a sub really. You just, cause a lot of like floor standing speakers have a lot of sub already in them. Yeah. I'm using, mm. I have ProSonus uh, monitors because I, I, I'm not a big fan of speaker speakers. I, monitors I sort of like, cause I can fuck around with them and there's no color to them. You know, you get like, yeah. if you buy a speaker, a lot of times those guys have messed around with it so much that you're like, yeah, hey, what's happening here? Scooped or whatever. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I, one of my friends came over and I was like, I don't think you really get what a good system. Now these are a little bit more expensive. They're not super expensive, but I was like, let me show you a headphone. And I, I had really cheap there. Admittedly, the I, IP that hyper that uh that uh hyper x bought is from 500 headphones so they are well above what they should be for as cheap but i was i put these headphones on and i was like just listen because they were doing their their tv and i'm like you don't understand sound isolation alone just killing a little bit of the outside room yeah. sound can and then hearing those sounds closer to your ear there isn't a travel um, there mm -hmm. isn't hardwood floors, yeah. which can be a bitch beyond all belief. Um, yep. They can really <laughs> color sound in, in some terrible ways. And then also at times I sort of dig them. It just depends. But I, I, I had him put headphones on, then listen. And it was it was one of those moments where he's like uh, he and this was his words. He's not really prone to hyperbole at all, but he was like, I believe I've missed 50 percent of the game. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> realize there were all these other sound of, I heard the yeah. loud scream of this. I heard the gunshots, but the gun, and he was telling me one time, he's like, this is no lie. He's like, well, I thought because the gun is in front of you that you just hear all the sound from in front of you. So that makes sense. And I'm like, holy shit, you got to like, you, dude, you just stepped into the biggest yeah. improvement that you probably will ever imagine. Because if you've ever played one of the, a game that I'm quite impressed with, and I, I think I will always be impressed was uncharted Four. They handle and gears, but gears is known to do this, but they handled, um, room occlusion bounce, all the stuff yeah. really well. And I remember yeah. going in and I fired a gun and you get the closed off sound. Cause I was against the wall here. And then an open sound of the, of the, of the actual, you know, bullet traveling, all that stuff coming over here into the wider cavern yeah. that I was in. And I was talking about it in my review going like, guys, man, if you don't have a pair of headphones or a good theater, you're going to miss out on like 90% of why this is impressive because mm -hmm. the the travel time for sound is so easily discernible by a human like mm -hmm. that's the thing a lot of people don't i they just see it and it's light speed or what they think is light speed and it's like man the first time you see somebody fire a gun like half a mile away and you see the flash and then you hear like Zip! you're all wait what yeah. that was yeah. that was yeah. like three seconds later it's like yeah dude yeah, 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 yeah. you're missing out on or uh, how many yeah. times have we seen those movies where the explosion happens in a good bomb almost said bombastic <laughs> i meant to say blockbuster <laughs> but you get an explosion a blockbuster movie that's a ways away uh, the a lot of the middle eastern uh you know invasion movies did this well where you'd hear the explosion and then you know, it's second you see the dust and it's like, whoa, yeah. Boom. Yeah. and you're just yeah. like, oh shit. And I'm all exactly. It's scarier when you see it and don't hear it. There mm -hmm. is much more fear to me when I see an explosion and I'm like, there's no sound yet. And you're all, oh no. no. Just like a firework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times have you been to 4th of July? And if you know yeah. audio, if you're a big like audio fan, you go to 4th of July and you see the big explosion, I will usually go like, Oh fuck! Because I know <laughs> yeah. that thing's gonna rattle my chest. You know, we just go, yeah. 
And that's why I do. I think it's so cool that gamers are, I I do. I I firmly believe that there are more fans of audio that are going to be able to jump in now than any other thing, whether graphics are starting to get to the point to where I think we're, I'm not saying good enough, but you're just like, it's accurately represented on screen. Audio is not, there's still a number of people who are not hearing even close to accurate audio. Yeah. And I'm excited and yeah. a lot them. of people too, yeah. they kind of turn down the sound. They have a podcast on the other side, you know, and I always say, if you're struggling to stay concentrated in the yes. game or, yeah. right. or if you kind of find it boring or you find yourself distracted, try kind of shutting everything down, turn up the audio, have, you know, dynamics on and stuff and kind of like just be engaged with what's being shown to you. Well, we're multitasking persons, John. Like, that's the yeah. problem, Johnny, is everybody, we're all, I'm including myself, where it's like, ah, I'm going to have a TV show. You guys have joked. I've listened to three songs at the same time. Many times. <laughs> and you even my wife will be like, what the fuck is, you got Fleetwood Mac and Rob Zombie <laughs> playing at the same time. What are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> beating the both of them. I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably, I would never do that during a game, but we are multitaskers. Right. We have a tendency to move room to room. We have our, right. I don't want to say mm-hmm. it out loud, but yeah. our Amazon speakers that are we right next restless. to me. You we get want- restless. But it's like, yeah. dude, seriously, give yourself, I, I swear to God, this is one of the reasons why I was always giving away headphones in our Discord because I was like, mm. I bet you a million dollars that you will you will quite literally thank me and be like this i did not expect this to be such a game changer and i think josh is right atmos is is great but it's the step from tv to any headset that isn't (laughs) like 19 dollars, and you will be (laughs) holy shit yeah yeah and it's it's such a cool time because the amount of data that even games where they don't take a ton of time but the amount of environmental data the amount of enemy data the amount of dude assassin's creed has different sounds for different enemies so you can actually tell what armor they're wearing over a hill like if or not over a hill but in in some grass uh-huh. you can hear like the jingle of oh he's got a he's got a bow and arrow you can hear uh-huh. the twang of the bow and arrow those kind of things uh i was playing um uh, f- uh dark tale the indie game uh-huh. from focus and when you fire the bow without an arrow now most games wouldn't have you pull the bow back you have no arrows this one does something that is fucking so ingenious and i don't know why because it's not realistic she she just goes ding 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 on the oh, bullet, yeah. on the empty yeah. string and as an archery hunter there is Kinda something cool. that spoke to me in yeah. i was like oh my <laughs> god because sometimes i'll try to pull and i'll be like i have no arrows but this time you get instant you pull that thing it's like dunk, dunk, dunk. and i'm like oh i've got no air like this it, is it's telling awesome. you it's like yeah. a clever way of it, telling no HUD. you you ran out of no arrows. hud mm-hmm. no, no need HUD. for the hud yeah yeah and that's, that's another awesome. thing i suggest to people I know nobody believes me, but you haven't played an Assassin's Creed game or a Far Cry game or Ghost of Tsushima until you've tried to play it without the HUD. No HUD. Oh, okay. Your world will Like explode. God of War? Did you play that without HUD? <laughs> I played it with yeah. all... Well, I told you. I played that without HUD and then fought that yeah. guy 45 minutes, couldn't figure out what was going on Which, and turned it on and saw that I barely did any damage. Yeah. But far, you have not played a Far Cry or Assassin's Creed game until you've turned off the HUD and it will... I remember playing Primal and having no HUD on that game and I have... It was the amount of enjoyment was so many factors above because they do a very good job. Admittedly, mm-hmm. most of the time they do a good job with their storytelling. So you know where to go. And I remember yeah. I saw some enemies with unique camo in that game going, that camo's terrible. It's blue yeah. and they're in red flowers. And then I went to their spot and it was blue flowers. And I was like, 
Mm-hmm. I would never have picked up on that if I wasn't going. Why? Yeah, if you're just following yeah. a waypoint. I, if I was following yeah. a waypoint, and I remember going like, yeah. I know exactly where this bridge is because the character was like, you need to go to a bridge, and I can guarantee you, if I had had the HUD on, I would have looked at a map and been of like, course. where's the HUD? Where's this yeah. bridge? And instead, he was like, it's the bridge with the center that creaks, and I'm like, fuck, I know exactly where that is, and mm-hmm. I think Ghost of Tsushima stepped it up with the wind. Mm-hmm. I think they came yeah. very close when you use that wind and you're like, oh my God, I don't have to look like, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's that moment of like pure joy that you have. And that's why people liked Elden Ring as well, because yeah. it was essentially that. Yeah. Right? yeah I was going to yeah. say like, they, they pulled out a lot of the UI and they were just like, just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they respected your intelligence a little bit there. And the right? horse. Yeah. I'm sorry, the but horse, the, t- the ability to ride away from a- easily one of the best additions. It in is the game. because mm-hmm. Dark Souls have always been about, hey, you got to go buy this guy, and you're like, fuck, man. Yeah. But on that, you just jump on the horse and ride off and rethink it. The ability it. to jump and it's oh, just dude. like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, was, it was so. I, I mean, admittedly, I had a lot of tech issues with that game, and it was one of the first zero day patches to make a game run considerably worse. Um, which oh, is a wow. problem we're going to see now as we move forward where a patch just has an issue and they don't prepare for it. But it considerably, yeah. like I had to remove the review or change the review score because it was so bad. But they fixed that. They got that game up and running. And what you've got is a title that like a lot of other people are going to look at. And I think that that's... We 165 saw bosses, that game. What? 165 bosses. The fuck are you game. talking about? That's still Some of them admittedly are... Elden Ring? Of course, yeah. I just watched a challenge run. This guy, challenge run, no hit. Every boss in the game, it was 165 splits. So each split would be one enemy, one boss. What the fuck? Wow. That's unbelievable. Like, my brain isn't even trying to wrap around that. literally, like, the scale, right? A hundred and sixty. You're, you're some, some this... are repeated, yeah. But I mean, some, ignore yeah, the repeated. One hundred and sixty-five enemies aren't in some games. Yeah, it's as in four yeah. enemies. <laughs> like I bet you, Vampire probably has less than that. And a, a great game. Yeah, it, it's huh. like the ability to explore that fantasy world is like it's. Speaking incredible. of that, are there any games this year? Before we wrap this up, are there any games, uh, Brandon or Josh, that you guys have seen this year um, that have really impressed you? Oh, Elden uh... Ring. Let's ignore Elden Ring. <laughs> Because yeah. I think we know that. Uh, I'll let Brandon go first. Oh boy, I'm I'm scrolling through my Steam through my Steam library to like pick a handful. What right about now. Forbidden West? Anybody play that but me? Uh, I, Josh played that. I think I played like two hours of it, and I just never picked it back up. But mm. I there was something about. I, I know I didn't give it a chance, so I can't really comment okay. on it. But there was something that just immediately struck me, like. I feel like I've, I've played this already, yeah. you know, yeah. but I, I saw your review on it and your review actually made me want to play it because you said that, that once you actually give it a shot, some, dude, I don't do walk surprises. in the walks that quickly either. I did a walk in the walk like less than two weeks later because that game does some stuff that is, yeah, I'll tell you what that game does some stuff. Technically, I don't know how they did it. Like I, yeah. I, I legitimately don't know. Cause they wouldn't answer me. Uh, they'll do their GDC. I'm sure. But they did some stuff technically mm-hmm. that Gorilla just is able to do where you're like, mm-hmm. man, you know, it reminds me of Insomniac with fucking Spider-Man. The, the way some of like, the flying, Damn. I don't want to like yeah, specify, yeah. but like some of the flying that takes place in the game mm-hmm. literally had yeah. me like, you know, mouth open. Yeah, it's oh. uh, but I, I get where you're coming from. Um, uh, Did you have any, Brandon? 
Um, let's see. Uh, Elden Ring, definitely one of them. But um, I am looking forward to um, the Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. I'm really looking oh, forward yes. to that. That's going to be sweet. I'm looking. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of like Apex Legends lately. So uh, like I always tend to fall back into these little um comfort ruts. games almost yeah 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 like yeah. uh like, yeah. like 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 your uh your league of legends your I, I do it with league of legends too yeah it's yeah. sometimes you just want a hit of that you know and that's it and you there's guys something are some... too there's something too about like uh i play a lot of over i've been playing a lot of overwatch lately is yeah. is i can whenever I, I think i start a new single player campaign nowadays i just and it's like an open world game. I'm like, this is going to be an investment. It's like, <laughs> you don't just, you don't just casually read game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know that it's going to be like, okay, I can either, I have to either go all in or nothing. Like, so I think yeah. it's not the fault of forbidden West or anything. It, it's just, I know that time is a precious resource and I'm, I'm like, is it going to be worth the 40 hours or whatever? You know, like, so, uh, you know, I think The Witcher 3 is one of those games that kind of like destroyed oh, world games. Yeah. And I've heard yeah. you're not the only one to say that, by the way. You're not the only one to say like after that game, Dark Souls I, or not Dark Souls. I think Elden Ring did it for some people, too, where mm -hmm. they were like, OK, yeah. um, I'll say this. I hope to God I never give the answers you guys just gave. <laughs> uh, I, I want invest. I want to be so challenged for time. I yeah. like that. I like to be on the stressy point of like dude, I got 37 minutes to sleep. This is awesome. And, but I get it. I get where you're coming from. Cause you guys have real jobs. Like mine could go away. I react to what you guys do. Like that's pretty, uh, there's very few things in the world that matter less than a video game review. And that's not me being like trying to get, that is truly my belief. Like it doesn't fucking in the long run, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like you guys make the games. I say, huh, I liked it and hope people agree with me. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. But man, do I like playing video games. And so to me, when I see <laughs> Forbidden West, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'll play it twice. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from. But man, I hope I never get that way because like and I, and I don't have a fan. I got a wife, but I don't have kids. I got dogs, you know, so um, yeah. I want to piss off a lot of people who have kids and say dogs are just like kids, but I'm not going to. They're not. <laughs> um, yeah, but dogs I, are better. But dogs are better. I'll, <laughs> More piss, loyal. I'll piss off everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But my worry comes after I played. I hope this makes sense. You said you worry that it will be, it's an investment. You know, is it going to be good? My thought process so far is that I can't wait to fucking tell people if it is good or bad. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I want to expect, there is nothing, I don't know how to describe what I feel when I do a walk in the walk, but like with Valhalla, when I got done, like the level of engagement I had with that game, a game I did not rate to buy, I rated it a mm -hmm. weight, which people get mad at me all the time. They're like, why are you doing another video if you rated a weight? And I'm like, it doesn't mean it's imper or, or it's perfect. Yeah, Just, yeah. You know. <laughs> but dude, it's, it's, it is like, it is the fucking coolest feeling in the world to look back at a game mm -hmm. and yeah. remember those experiences. So right, right now, my desire to do that is higher. I, mm -hmm. I have not yet looked at a game and been like, 
that's going to be a lot. Mm. But I also don't work in games. There's a mm -hmm, difference, yeah. man. I react. You're creating something. And so you're not the only ones to say that. Now, Victor, I talk to Victor all the time. He's done, this would be his fourth podcast last week where he came on from Fat Shark. We, you know, um, admittedly, I'm surprised he's come on four times because the first time I met him, I told him how bad his game was. And I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't realize he was the one who made it. But he's such a great guy, right? Um, Escape from Dead Island, by the way. No one play it. It's fucking terrible. Uh, but we were we were talking and he's the same way because he's creating and he's in the whatever of it. And I think that that's yep. the difference right now is that I'm re I get to react. I get surprised from you guys. So when you guys do Borderlands, I get surprised. And whether that's positive or negative, it's a different whatever. I, I get surprised by it. I think sometimes you guys are building them, too. So, you know, a little mm. bit more of the. um the, the, you know the sauce is made a little yeah, bit, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Which yeah. I guess, but on the other hand, I teach martial arts and I do, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a different thing, but I get where you're coming from. You're not the only guys to be like a little bit more of a comfort thing as, as developers. I think a lot do. I also have talked to developers who are very nervous about playing a game and trying to change their own. A lot of developers will mention that. They'll oh, be yeah, like, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily want to, uh, Surge, Adam um, Hataney mm -hmm. did the Surge, and we were talking to him, which is basically Dark Souls, and they sort of stepped away from playing other games. They played mm -hmm. them prior, but once they got into their thing, they were like, you can't, you don't want all this other input because it's very easy to go, we need to do this. By the way, right. Cliff Bazinski stated very clearly that was one of the issues with his last two games, is he was looking at all these other games and was like grab grab Make, grab making like the frankenstein game, yeah right? and you yeah. get the and and you don't have you even said it earlier you were like will game pass cause people to cut the extraneous bullshit and be a little bit yep. more on some games which could be a, which is going to be a positive for a lot of games might be a negative for others but yeah. um I, I i get where you guys are coming from i i get it i do hold it personally against josh for not playing forbidden west <laughs> I'm just gonna. Say that. But, well, I still have it on my. I still have it on my PS5, so uh, I'll probably have to get back to it. Yeah. Um, do we have anything yep. else before we wrap this up? Anything important? I think anything? that's about it. Just wanted to say huge honor for me to chat with you guys as a. It's a huge honor for us too. Fan. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Great. Thank you so much really, for having I us mean, on. Yeah, you know, like Borderlands was literally the first like co-op multiplayer experience that I had in university, and mm -hmm. that built my love for co-op with friends right. yeah because he won't so, shut up about yeah. borderlands i won't shut up <laughs> him and abzi are i mean i'm not saying i'm i like borderlands but those guys are like yeah. a different level like they so, probably yeah. know stats for shit that i yeah. <laughs> like it's just it, it's crazy to see it, it's awesome also that you guys take the time because i know big companies can be a little you know harder on interviews and stuff and i know that i'm not always politically correct in my cussing but i definitely appreciate you guys taking the time and them being cool with it because i do think that things can get a little too organized at times and you'll see people same questions come up blah 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 and it's like sometimes it's cool to just be like what do you not like and what do you yeah. like and, and and i know we talk about we're certainly not going to hammer on games but the ability to say i don't like it because of this there's nothing wrong with that and i think people are very afraid of it now and yeah. there there's really nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with it. it doesn't in fact if you're just saying good stuff you're not that's almost worse. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. like even you joke, you know, saying forbidden West, something fell off right at the starting. It's like, that's a legitimate complaint that should be discussed. Even if I 
worked past it. It's like that doesn't matter. And I think a lot of companies are a tiny bit nervous about that right now. And it's I will like, say this should be more the, 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 the thing that actually kind of like started, I guess, triggering me a little bit in Forbidden West was and I actually know you can turn this off, this off, this feature off, but there are all these berries that you can pick up. Oh, and oh yeah, where you have to like stop. Yeah. You see the animation every Thank time. Thank you, Carrick. I win. Carrick and I had a passionate <laughs> discussion. I was in favor of this feature. Carrick, you, you turn like... it off and you can just pick them up, and you don't see it. You don't see the animation anymore. Dude. You don't need to because Fuck you pick you, up. You don't need to. Twenty thousand arrows. To. Right, but it's still an anime. Oh man, I hate this discussion because every time I'm the only <laughs> one who wants to watch it. And oh I thought Josh you can, was going to mention that she you talks can. too much, which is what everybody there, else there has been little, saying. There was a little bit of that. Too. Yeah. It, it, oh, dude, that's a big hot point for a a Aloy right yeah. now is that mm -hmm. she she tells you what to do, which is a yeah. bad idea. And you guys are all right. Uh, I, I think it's great there's an option. I don't yep. think it's great. I almost it's lied. <laughs> it really depends on also how you play. Because if you're like me and you're OCD, you're picking up every single goddamn thing. What's wrong? Thing. Yeah, I, don't I do the same thing. Then pick them up. It slows my roll, Carrick. <laughs> I don't need the. Listen. Well, I that's why okay. I love the the take all button in any in any like oh, RPG. Yeah, it's just like yes, yes. Exactly. Just everything out of the drawer. Yeah. Yes. And or by the or, way, Borderlands, they added that yep. at some point yeah. earlier. Well, and you have the you filter for up. purples, don't you? Don't you have like the filter where you can choose only to pick up certain colors? Oh, I meant like that or you that... just hold E and you pick up oh. everything in the scene. Oh, gotcha. uh, yeah. And you don't even have to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. automatically removing the up. game from the game. You're 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 just a, a, a you know, you, you have like all this gravity vacuum <laughs> picking up everything, a black hole yeah, for loot, yeah. sucking up everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these guys, I, I, a huge thanks to them for coming on. Check out their stuff. Yeah. Borderlands you got. Uh, I don't know when this will be announced. I'm assuming there's going to be another like full Borderlands four at some point. You guys haven't said anything, right? We haven't. Nope. No, nothing about. No, so we're never doing another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. We, well, it, it, Josh didn't smile when I said right. So who knows? But it, regardless of what happens, um, awesome games that it seems like everybody absolutely enjoys. Honestly, really, really cool co-op shooters, but even cooler just that they come on and talk about audio, which is just yeah. it's rare that you get people who want to talk about audio or who can for long periods of time. We got Austin Wintry who's come on. These guys have come on. We got Justin Bell, all these people that you guys should celebrate by going and checking out their stuff because again, 90% of the game is not visual. I'm sorry. It's okay, mate. I'll, I'll change that. 70% of the game is not I 50%. Okay, I'm changing my score. 50% <laughs> of the game is visual, 50 is audio, and if you are not paying attention to the audio, I I I implore you just one time it's put a your whole other layer on and play missing. and see what these guys have done cuz it's fucking awesome. When you we appreciate you uh, having a voice and being an advocate for us. It's a really big deal to us too, so. Yeah, I always will be even, you know, if you ignore the pickup animation. <laughs> <laughs> so weird though we it, it must be a real thing because they mentioned it after we mentioned yeah. it just two so it's obviously it's on people's it's, thing. it's on yeah, people's it's a, radar mm -hmm. by the way uh quick shout out to kepler north which is joshua davidson's music on spotify you can oh. look that oh, up if you're interested oh, yeah. oh, thank you 
as he's like, thank you. Now I'm going to have people responding to it. And are, are you cool <laughs> with uh, or, or do you look at your reviews on on stuff like that? Or are you more of a I release it? I'm done. No, I do. I do. I, 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 it's important to get feedback. So, OK. Mm. All right. Me. By the way, I'm going to turn comments off. I don't want your fucking feedback, so I'm just joking. <laughs> if you guys like this video, give it a thumbs up. If you don't, uh, give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you don't, because I'm going to continue to make it, whether you like it or not. I appreciate these guys showing up. Johnny, as always, it's been a pleasure. Johnny's always Cheers. cool to come on to Pleasure. these kind of things, knows what he's talking about. Uh, the other Absolutely. guys did too, but I didn't want to get it you know, unwieldy when it comes to podcast size. So that's it for us, everybody. Check out the reviews. You'll be seeing a review um, NDA. You'll see some reviews from me, but I can't even say the titles now that I think about it. So anyway, that'll be it for us. Thank you, everybody, and peace out. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Thank Let you so me... much.